It's old school meets new school, and we're going out and kick some butt. Our first capture in 1988 was an FBI top 10 fugitive, a child killer. We made television history, and ever since then, we have caught almost 1,200 fugitives. It's great to be back on Fox, and I get to do it with my son, Callahan. I grew up in this family that said, we need to fight back. I saw my father go out there and, and use his anger and energy over what happened to, to my brother, Adam, when he was kidnapped in 1981 and, and later found murdered. We want to make sure Adam didn't die in vain. America, they want to fight back. You're going to see the worst of the worst creeps that are out there. I ever got my hands on him. It'll be a day of a reckoning before I turn him into authorities. The public has always been that force multiplier for America's Most Wanted, but now with social media, we can really harness the power of these armchair detectives. Old school America's Most Wanted with a new twist. Now we've got social media on our side. He's got 24 charges and 15 convictions. The drug dealers started selling drugs on social media platforms. I will never, ever give up. Public deserves better. We're going to do our little part, but I, I know law enforcement needs all the help they can. You tell me where that dirt bag is, and I'll go catch him. Good evening and welcome to Reexamined with Megan Walsh. I'm Gino, your host, and of course, next to me, the host and co-host with me, co-host, Megan Walsh. <laughs> Megan, how are you? I'm good, Gino. How are you, bud? I'm doing good. Thank you. Uh, we have a returning co-host tonight. Lindsay McBrayer has joined us, researcher extraordinaire. Lindsay, how are you tonight? Unmute. <laughs> <laughs> good. How are y'all? Good. Good to see you, Lindsay. Thanks for coming back. So we played the opening. That is the new clip from uh, the long-anticipated return of America's Most Wanted. And I kind of use that sarcastically here. Uh, but we tonight we want to kind of tie some things together a little bit. And um, that first clip I showed, it's just a picture. Um, I'll go back to it just so you all can see it. International hybrid event. This was just a few days ago. And this was a... Um, Boy, I got I watched about an hour of it, and it's a three-hour show, but they were kind of praising uh, NECMAC, National Center for Missing and Exploited Children, on uh, how well they've done internationally um, getting children back to their uh, rightful place and, you know, lauding all this stuff and heaping praise upon National Center. But uh, as we know, stats don't lie. And uh, tonight we want to kind of connect that to start off with the International Center and National Center of Missing and Exploited Children, <clears throat> excuse me, and what they've lacked, in my opinion, over the last, you know, 15, 20 years for sure. <clears throat> um, and so, Megan, I wanted you to touch a little bit on that. That event, there was, uh, I forgot the woman's name that was hosting it, but they kept, you know, kind of lauding your dad and just saying, well, you know, John Walsh has really helped. Uh, the Walshes have helped with this this international missing children um, event that they were doing and they were kind of explaining all the new technology technologies they're going to use and how they're going to um, put things together a little faster than they used to now and it should be saving a lot more people it's it's also been expanded to adults not just children um, so which I found very interesting and I was just wondering your take on that before we get into tonight's show yeah, I think that, you know, showing this a big point for me, first and foremost, before I answer that, Gino, is, you know, really remembering why we're doing this ultimately in the bigger picture. Um, 
you know, we, we like to say that everyone in the world, you know, looks to the United States, you know, as the example and, and kind of copies from them or follows suit, if you will. Um, and, you know, obviously in, in this arena, we taught, we focus on the National Center for Missing Exploited Children and the International Center, um, you know, is that extension, it's that global extension. So for me, it boils down to, uh, you know, to, to, you know, to answer you a little better is that, you know, I think that what focus, what the focus for me is, is that we have to be looking at the National Center. This is supposed to be a, an organization, an American organization that is not political. Um, there should be no um, politics involved. This is parental rights. This is children's safety, uh, all of that. Um, and now we see it taken, you know, as, as we've discussed in other, you know, episodes and we will going into future episodes, focusing more towards that move uh, towards the National Center and America's Most Wanted and how that's affected, uh, you know, America and how that's affected our families and our children and what's been put in place um, as a result of this. And, you know, this, look, we have to, we ha we cannot live in black and white, especially when it deals with lives and people and things that are sacred and nuanced. And um, when we're looking at this, it's not to say that, uh, you know, the National Center or the International Center hasn't done good work or that points that they make aren't correct or anything like that. But we also have to then, in the same respect, be looking at the deeper uh, aspects of it and ways that it could be used against the public or ways that it could be nefariously used regarding our issue of child trafficking uh, that is very prevalent in our country. As my father himself quotes, we're the largest consumer of child pornography. Um, so we can't be negating these things by just, you know, showing everything that we did good or some of the things that we did good that actually might not be serving the people, which we've seen, you know, and reviewed here like Amber Alerts or, um, you know, the sex offender registry and things that it really comes down to are these efforts actually protecting children and their families, especially when so much money and that being mostly our taxpayer money and federal funding uh, is is being received on the other end. So for it to go into adults is very interesting. Um, I think that we also have to be looking at in today's day and age uh, about, I hate to say it, but opposition, paid opposition for lack of a better term, you know, people that are coming to us as these saviors and, you know, we're giving our authority to them and, uh, you know, we're, we're just allowing whatever they say. And we're especially not questioning because it's children that they're talking about or saying that they're saving. We don't want to be the bad guy. We don't want to look like we're not supporting, you know, efforts towards protecting children or adults who, who, uh, you know, wants to be against that. I don't think anyone's against that. Um, but the deeper aspect again, is that paid opposition is this, is this fear mongering the public is this, uh, you know, between, and that goes into the next clip that we showed was the bringing back of America's most wanted. And what did that do? Uh, you know, what effects did that have on the American public? What effects did Adam's case and America's most wanted have on, you know, families again, and how children were raised or how parents, you know, parented their, their children. And, uh, and we see that, you know, fear mongering of the public to get the public to kind of beg for more, uh, you know, more of this data collection, more of these things that appear to be oversight or for our protection, but may actually be, 
being used against us. Um, and I hate to sound like that, but we have to get serious about this, especially when it comes to our children uh, and our families, because we're being torn apart. And it is now, you know, has, as we see, it's not now, it has been for decades, uh, moved out to the international and global, um, you know, platform, if you will. So, um, so this is important. And we hear a lot in the, in the crazy media and, and online and everything about this global pedophile ring. And, you know, we really need to, again, ground what that might mean. Um, you know, it sounds very glamorized and exaggerated when you say it like that, but when you break it down, we, we do have a global issue of child trafficking. I mean, are we denying that? Are we denying that child trafficking happens in America? And, uh, and we need to start asking what that looks like, who's doing that, and how do we stop that? Um, and, and not just going to the crazy or the ignoring, either end of the spectrum. We have to really get real about that. So I just wanted to remind, I think it was important, Gino, thank you for, you, for you know, bringing that forward for this episode, because I think it's important for people to keep the bigger picture in mind. You know, again, we always say we're here, um, you know, sharing our opinions, we're questioning, we're asking questions, we're making observations, we're not professionals. Um, I think what does everyone online say? Entertainment purposes only. But this is a very serious issue, um, you know, and, and I'm glad that we were able to start looking at the records, but, and we will continue to look at Adam's records for the viewers. I know I'm being long-winded here, but I think it's important to explain this, um, you know, we will keep looking at Adam's records. And tonight we're kind of going to, with the last episode, we were looking at my parents' background and, and we're going to start moving into, uh, you know, reminding you about that for those that are just joining us, but also moving into how that, you know, initiated and moving into the creation of the National Center, then with, you know, America's Most Wanted coming and then ultimately uh, being able, them being able to achieve the International Center uh, for Missing and Exploited Children. And it's very important to understand the history and how we've arrived at this place. You know, if we want to change something that all of us stood by and turned a blind eye to and didn't realize for decades, which is what got us here and, and them, you know, the ability for these people to institute these um you know, systems against us, if you will, uh, you know, we have to now be very diligent in looking at all aspects to really correct that. I mean, if, if, if it's gotten by us this long, we have to change our approach and, and really be diligently uh, questioning things. Enough of the online banter and fodder. And, uh, you know, I know people, it's, it's not to also negate sharing the information online, but we need to really be coming up with solutions and, um, you know, what, what we do afterwards, you know, uh, resources, excuse me, for, for um, the, the resolution of this. We can't get stuck in it. So I just wanted to kind of start out the show with that, Gino. I apologize for taking your question and running oh, with it. No, I'm glad you did. Um, thank you for that explanation. Um, I don't know, call me old-fashioned, but I always like asking that question, why? That old three-letter word, why? Why would the international community reach out and want to ask questions of an organization that has kind of an abysmal track record, if you really think about it, with the National Center? I mean, I know they've done some good, like you had mentioned prior, but there's the stats are on our side. I mean, like we're like, well, wait a minute. Why is the National Center not rescuing like thousands of kids if all these abductions are happening? Why isn't this happening daily? And why aren't these, why isn't this in the public public eye every day on the news? And right, but none of that's happening. 
And you got to wonder, like, okay, well, gosh, they've done such a great job over there in America with the National Center. Let's model that and make and replicate it all through Europe and see how well that works. Like, I, that just tells me this is an elitist program mm -hmm. uh, with a lot of globalists behind it. I mean, and we can name, you know, you, I don't have to name them. Everybody knows who they are. Uh, making a ton of money off of human trafficking, especially with children. And I don't know, that's the part that really drives me crazy, because if it really was working, you would be hearing about it all the time, about these massive rescues. And when we do hear about a big rescue, it's almost always some kind of con game. It's a shell game. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. Or it's not in the United States, it's somewhere in another country. Mm -hmm. Yes, international, you know, the big focus is always, you know, Lindsay brings up a very important point. I've said it many times, you know, we know what international trafficking looks like. It's time for us to focus on American, uh, yeah, and domestic yeah. child trafficking and who's doing that, which is our government, unfortunately. I mean, this is not a, a good situation. This is a horrific situation, but we have to deal with it. We can't stand by and, and keep going as we have, because it, as we see by the day, especially in the past years, it's only getting more rampant. Um, and, you know, we've gone over those statistics. We've gone over what Gino mentioned with um, kind of these shell organizations that are copycats of, uh, of the National Center in various ways, serving different purposes, right? So a reminder would be like Thorn, uh, you know, inter uh, domestically and then child focus, like you mentioned, uh, Gino, internationally. Um, the McCann Foundation and the McCann, Madeline McCann case really leading to um, the creation of the International Center. And, and then looking at these missing children's cases, the bigger cases that became nationally known, and seeing what actually was the result of that, we see quite a playbook. Um, if you will, uh, you know, following these national missing children's incidents or murdered children, you know, kidnapped and murdered or disappeared and found uh, or whatever, then we see, like I've mentioned before, you know, the family coming out and not being in vain, as we heard my brother say, that's a big line. Uh, and, uh, and then creating a foundation, which then leads to legislation and things. And that's what we saw the initial uh, workings of the National Center for Missing Exploited Children achieve, right, through Ernie Allen and his efforts of uh, having that convention after my brother's murder or disappearance and, uh, and bringing, you know, saying that he's bringing these, it's always under the guise of help, right, the guise of help. It's like literally mm -hmm. what I grew up with uh, my entire life. And it's also how perpetrators keep uh, their victims and keep them trafficked and, and mm -hmm. within the system, too, is... is using that kind of a mentality so um yeah so it's interesting hmm. well and let's it's a think tank thing you know we're not supposed to yes. have politics involved in this we we do not want a globalist has the national center for missing exploited children and the international center turned into at whatever point uh globalist think tanks you know and i'll remind everyone of that i think and this is my own personal you know interesting can i find it very interesting it stood out over these years to me is the year that we see hunter biden receiving the award from my parents at the national center for missing exploited children in honor of his late brother uh Bo biden and that was 2016 when a lot of the the separation happened when a lot of the clinton stuff came out um and to me you know esoterically or just personally uh it 
to me, it shows a, a, almost like a, de a declaration of allegiance, if you will. You know, we're we're awarding the Bidens, which, again, I'll remind people um, when we went into it last week and we've gone over it before. My father's history and, and origins and upbringing is Owasco, the Finger Lakes, Skinny Atlas uh, and Auburn specifically, where. Um, Joe Biden's first wife actually is originally from. So um, they also have property, they've summered there uh, and all of that. So we have to remember these connections. Uh, you know, when you're in an industry, you know, you have connections, you know, people, you network, that's how this works. And in the, in the elites, you know, there's the famous phrase, it's not what you know, it's who you know, right? So I think that goes hand in hand with fake it till you make it. But, you know, I digress. <laughs> <laughs> you bring up a great point with with uh, Biden getting that award at that specific time. Yeah, I don't see that as a coincidence either. It's almost like it's almost like it's it's in plain sight. Um, they they purposely do things to just shove it in our face. I mean, we've seen this time and time again in, in politics for sure. And it does seem like this thing of like we're getting away with it, and we're even going to give an award for it. it. That's how it always struck me too when I was you know, watching that video and seeing those pictures and you're just like, it's so disgusting that they just do it right in front of us like that. It is. And not to mention that the award itself is a heart within a heart, which yeah. is Pedo. literally the FBI declassed symbol yeah. for pedophilia or our little girl trafficking. Um, we have the heart within a heart with children running into it. I mean, I don't know how much more symbolically as an art, you know, I've been a scholar of art for 20 plus years with university my and majors and, you know, went to school, part Parsons School of Design, excuse me. Um, and, you know, the, the art world and, you know, the symbolism and all of that go hand in hand. And, and it's not cheesy, silly conspiracy theory. I mean, they, they take it very seriously. I mean, when you're in Manhattan or you're in the rest of the world, the art world is very prestigious. The fashion industry, the art world, you know, in, in Manhattan, I would go, you know, to Christie's auction house or, you know, events for Sotheby's and uh, get invited to, you know, the private estates of Margot Fiden, who was connected to Warhol. And, you know, I mean, it's very prestigious. And I don't think people, because people, most people don't experience that, that people don't really understand and think in the mentality and the lifestyle and the, you know, demeanor and interacting uh, interactions of the elites or politicians or whatever in that realm you want to sum it up as. Yes. And I think that's important. Well, what do you say we go to the opening segment of the debut of the new America's Most Wanted and see what the boys have to say? Yeah. America's Most Wanted, the original true crime series is back. You can run, but you can't hide. Hello, everyone. I'm John Walsh, and this is America's Most Wanted. You know, I got to say that I'm thrilled to be back. After my six-year-old son, Adam, was abducted and murdered in 1981, I dedicated my life to giving a voice to the voiceless, helping victims of senseless crimes get the justice that they and their families so deserve. Well, today we need this show more than ever. And lucky for us, we now have more tools at our disposal to catch these criminals, like age progression technology, GPS tracking, advanced DNA profiling, and ever-expanding social media. So follow along at Fox TV and spread the word about all the fugitives you've seen tonight. 
As always, we have a great team of expert investigators working alongside with us, with local and state police and the FBI. They're all standing by to take your tips because you are our partner in this. It's you that can make a difference. Whether you call 1-866-AMW-TIPS or visit our website, amwtips.com, I guarantee you can remain anonymous. We don't need to know who you are or where you live. We need your tips. Joining me in this fight is someone who shares my passion for justice, my son Callahan. He grew up on the set of this show and is now an executive director at the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children and one hell of an advocate for children. Thanks, Dad. Being part of a family where someone had been taken from us like Adam was, we always said that we want to make sure that he didn't die in vain. So I'm honored to follow you in your footsteps and continue this legacy you started nearly 40 years ago. Well, we're glad to have you on board. Oh, my goodness. Okay, I'm, I'm about to throw up here, but two points real quick. <laughs> Number one, he's an advocate for children. Um, his own sister has four of her kids missing because the guy he's standing next to had them taken. Doesn't that seem kind of ironic? And I don't know. It's weird that he would sit there and shoulder to shoulder and so proud to be part of that. And yet they can't solve the, the number one crime that they committed against their own family. I, I find that very ironic. Do well, you find that ironic? Out, I wanted to point out too that like the, the part that he says, oh, he's a legacy. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So, so to the sum other, that what, up, what, sacrificing, what more? sacrificing your daughter and your four grandchildren to a life of trauma to get your legacy back mm -hmm. in return as a reward and to bring your legacy son uh on with you so go well, sorry gina what were yeah. you gonna say well my my next point was with all this technology they're using now age progressive and all these other things they're using to get these children back i'm shocked that they can't just shoot you a text and say hey megan we know where your your kids are we can bring them back tonight that's shocking to me because that technology has been around a while texting it, it really is i mean and the thing is we have to remember my children aren't technically missing they were just abducted right so um only you know but um and that's something we'll talk about eventually one of these episodes the difference between kidnapping and abduction um but yeah i think that it's amazing uh that they well, you know, I'm going to say, Gino, just when, like my father, the last time we saw him on media was the Gabby Petito uh, case. And, you know, he was he was all over, uh, you know, talking about the dirty laundries, Brian Laundry, and talking about the dirty laundries while he was literally uh, terrorizing us and hiding his own dirty laundry. So we would call this DARVO, domestic violence, as well as projection and gaslighting and narcissistic abuse, yeah. which I think, uh, I don't think the narcissism is very questionable at this point. I know that's a hot term these days and is getting a little played out, but there is a reality to narcissism and uh, it's an ugly one. Uh, and so, you know, but to I, again, I'll digress back to the electronics because I did want to make a serious point about the electronics and all of the resources that they have today that he just ran through. Um, and again, this is not saying that there couldn't be good ways that this is used, right? We Everything that can be created for good can also be used for bad, though, as well. And 
this was a big moment of contention that my father and I had years ago when he really ushered in facial recognition using the guise of terrorists and traffickers, right? And these foreign, these, these again, that stranger danger that America's most wanted will be bringing back to the streets of America now that we've all been traumatized uh, for three years and we're all hyper vigilant and we're all political and, uh, you know, it's very interesting timing for the show to come back as well as to be blatantly. I mean, to me in this intro there, he's literally telling you everything that they're doing. I mean, you listen to him and you think of the opposite of it. And that's, that's where you'll find the truth to it. I hate to put it that simply or that, you know, way, but you know, it literally is that simple. Um, I did make some notes on it uh, to, to go to that is also, you know, the predictive programming, right? My dad for years, I don't think people were really aware of predictive programming and what that was in Fox, you know, and what throughout history is traditionally a right wing, uh, you know, a extreme right wing media platform. Uh, but also what did it do? It had a lot of predictive programming. It had the Simpsons. I mean, everyone says, look, the Simpsons predicted everything, right? So that was Matt Groening was the creator of that. Um, and it had America's Most Wanted in Cops. And um, a lot of what America's Most Wanted has done uh, or did, as we've seen over the years, how that's played out, has been a lot of predictive programming, like saying there's a need for this or this might happen to you, and then offering the solution. It's also Hegelian dialect for those that are aware, problem, reaction, solution, where you know, the problem is created by the ones that are offering the solution that ultimately are the ones that benefit from the solution and the problem from the beginning. So um, I think that that's interesting to look at. Um, I love that they come out together. I love the, uh, you know, the casting PR stylist behind the scenes. People are forgetting that these people have whole makeup teams and stylists and everything. So they, of course, come out in both the collarless, you know, leather jackets and stuff. I'll have to post on my Twitter a great podcast that I listened to this week that, uh, you know, w was a great inspiration for me to uh, to be able to evaluate this right now, I will say. And I'm sorry to that podcaster that I can't remember it right now, but they also pointed out the leather jackets and kind of that typecasting. So that's where that would come in this typecasting. Again, not only are we creating organizations that are then being copied, but the main, uh, what, the main figureheads, the main puppets, the main spokespeople like John Walsh, like Ashton Kutcher, like Tim Ballard. Um, this is all the same character. They come at you very emotional. It's some kind of, you know, very traumatizing, horrific scenario like child trafficking or murder or beheading. Uh, and then they uh, utilize that for, you know, their organization or to get donations. And then again, going back to what is really the effects, the results, you know, how are we seeing this actually uh, addressing the issue that they say or issues that they say that they care about? Or is this creating a monopoly on not only children, but now, like you said, with the international um, initiative, uh, to adults as well. And under the guise of we're helping protect you. This is for your, this is for your protection. I think we heard that before in history, didn't we, we guys? We sure Was have. That a little Naziness right yeah. there. You know, Megan, the whole leather jacket thing, you just expect them to start pulling out the brass knuckles too. And they're just going to go beat up the dirt bags, right? 
pull the scumbags out of the crevice and just start beating them up and throwing them behind bars and taking the keys away forever. Like it's this, it's, it's okay. It's just nonsense. It's it's subliminally promoting vigilanteism is what it is on a psychological level. It is subliminally promoting vigilanteism. And, you know, I did see another person point out on Twitter, you know, Oh, great timing. I hope that this doesn't, you know, get a bunch of vigilantes on the street, which is why I did, you know, also, touch on the trauma base, the trauma that we've all been put through for the past three years in some way or another, it's touched all of our lives uh, with the pandemic. And then also having grown up with Adam and, you know, parents that knew about Adam's case and, and, you know, missing children and now us being grown up being parents. I mean, it's a very cyclical thing. Um, and it, it's a huge impact on society and how we live. This is also promoting big brother. That's what I was starting to say about when I saw my father coming out very proud about promoting facial recognition in the airports and start in Rochester is actually where it started New York. Um, and, uh, you know, saying that it was for terrorists and, and, you know, child traffickers. Um, and I said, you know, this is okay. That might be true, but overall for the American people, this is big brother, dad, like you're literally, being a proponent for Big Brother, and of course I was the big jerk, but we see how that's you know been a theme. This, this Megan, all. why do you gotta be? Why do you gotta <laughs> rain on the parade all the time? Gosh, you know if. <laughs> so I know, I'm so sorry. You're I'm so sorry. mean. I know. Uh, you I'm know if if the I have sorry. a feeling I have a feeling we've lost the audience a little bit with the America's Most Wanted stuff because but we want to yeah. reinstill your faith in that program that they're doing good work. And Lindsay sent this video over earlier. This is an older clip, but, but but this is gonna this is gonna reinstill faith, I think, right here. Watch the only television show that's endorsed by the FBI, America's Most Wanted, Sunday on Fox Fifty Four. The only show endorsed Whew. by the FBI. Oh Whew, man, I feel yeah, much better now. Insane. I was like, I've got to save this one. This is a good one, Lindsay. <laughs> She finds these bomb clips, I swear. I mean, a lot more. But the clips are just epic. I, you couldn't you couldn't make it up. Like, I think we all know our, our feelings on the FBI to date. And, uh, you know, here we are. I, again, we question whether the National Center and America's Most Wanted and all of this are how related and affiliated to government are they? Is National Center a government organization presenting and acting as a nonprofit? Um, there's a lot of loopholes there and, and benefits to doing that. Um, and here we have the FBI. The uh, America's Most Wanted is the only show endorsed by the FBI. I will say, um, like, back to the jacket thing, like, I did notice, like, in the beginning episodes, he just wears, like, a button-up and um, and slacks. And then it's like slowly over time it changes. But like one of the very first episodes, he's literally hopping off of a tractor to come on wearing his button up and his slacks. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And now it's like he's transformed to, you know, which I think it was in the, like the later era of um, before the show went off the first time was when he started with the jacket thing. Yeah. Well, yeah. it's who was who he appealing to in the beginning? It was middle America. Right. Yeah. Blue collar farmers, you know, middle America. Let's be strong together. And now it's like this Bronx. We're going to go in and beat you up and police pull you state. out <laughs> by the it's scruff of your neck. State. Police. He's state, yes. literally a, a paid op by the government and, you know, the politicians to 
get you to want a police state. He literally quotes about a Scotland Yard. He's very open about, oh, Scotland Yard. I've been there. They do great things. We should all be like, I don't want to live. I've said this before on the show. I don't want to live in Scotland Yard. Like, whoever, if you do, like, please go move there. That's fine. But, like, I don't think America wants Scotland Yard uh, for their country. do you? I'll, okay. I'll, I'll pass. Well, then we, would, we, then we wouldn't be a free country. We wouldn't be free. Right. But the things that he's instilled, like, you know, even the tag reading and things that, you know, it's, it's very invasive on the American public. Um, I am conservative. I'm not some wild liberal that's, you know, defund the police. We absolutely need the police. I support the police. But the police are supposed to be peace officers that that protect the community, not law enforcement that attacks and are predators on the community, especially not for profit. Um, you know, with the prison pipeline and privatized prisons and uh, the CPS system and, and things of that nature that we see to date. So, um, so yeah, I think that the leather jackets are very interesting because, again, it's that subtle, you know, I was in fashion, I've been in branding, I've been in media and styling and, uh, you know, putting together shows, whether it's fashion shows or, you know, behind the scenes on helping direct the original, some of the original introductions for America's Most Wanted when I was in college, um, all of that. So to see how it's been chosen and how the brand has shifted, that's really how we would say it. The brand of America's Most Wanted has shifted uh, is exactly, Gino. How I mean, I could not have put that better myself. It was really this catering to the all-American working class uh, individual, which again, if we look back at Adam and what we've talked about in the past, it really is how they were put out to the American public when Adam went missing, right? We thought that they were living in this small, humble home. There are these, you know, all-American, uh, this couple that lost their child when really we find out that you know, John Walsh is very open about the fact that he was high up in the hotel industry within his realm and uh, and the deals that he was making and the people that he was working with. And that the main, you know, the, and it wasn't a bunch of people. I mean, yes, it was a bunch of people, but it wasn't a, it wasn't like it was decades of I worked at this different company and that different company. It's very specifically Paradise Island in the Bahamas, which, again, during the Gabby Petito case, it was very odd. He was very specific on the interviews to to say that Brian might be in the Bahamas and that and to note and somehow oddly bring in that he used to work on Paradise Island. It was almost like he wanted people to know that and look at it. I, I will say it was very bizarre. But yeah, Paradise Island, there it is. It was a hotel development, and that was originally CIA, Meyer Lansky, drug and human and arms trafficking, casinos, and everything that connects to his past in upstate New York, his family's background that we went over the last time. And I've seen between my mother's background, I'm kind of skipping around, but between my mother's background and in her, within her family and, and to date, as well as my father, it's, it looks and appears that there has been some sort of trafficking involved in at, at, at every point in one way or another, you know, throughout, excuse me, in one way or another. Does that make sense? So... Um, I, th- I think that, I don't know, I got a little off guys on that. It's, it's, uh, no, no, that's, I think that's, that, you that's, know. that's a great connection. You know, Paradise Island doesn't sound like paradise to me. 
uh, I don't know, call me crazy, yeah. but I, I don't really want to hang out with the CIA and drug traffickers and, you know, just gamblers and well, and we know, we know, you know, the hotel industry is the main, you know, vehicle for trafficking, if you will, besides, you know, private residences or ranches and farms. But uh, we know that hotels are the main commercial way that, you know, as, even the lightest, you know, to escorting and prostitution, which people want to be legalized to child trafficking and horrific things. I mean, when you're and then we find, you know, my, for example, people like my father's boss at the diplomat at the time, John Monahan, who at the same time has a barter type relationship with the local law enforcement. I mean, that's how that that works. You know, they, oh, we'll give you this, or like I've said before, a weekend suite or whatever, just let this guy go that, you know, you pulled over a little tipsy or with a bag of Coke back then, um, you know, or we'll let you come to this VIP party this weekend. But just like government works hand in hand with media, hotels work hand in hand with law enforcement. I mean, they have to call them for disturbances. I mean, even on that level uh, all the time. And what happens when a body is found in, in, a, in a hotel room? And what happens when that hotel room is a penthouse? And what happens when that penthouse is rented by a billionaire? And, you know, so on and so forth. So we have to remember the industry, the hotel industry, that the times and how things were well, this is we're talking about the you know late 70s we're talking about the 70s and early 80s uh that that was the time of cocaine cowboys of griselda blanco of cuba of iran contra um we have to be looking at the historical significance and things that were existing and, and occurring at the time when adam's case happened because adam's case did ultimately um, have have a large effect and impact and also enabled or changed a lot of things as well, which we're uncovering, you know, as we go. Yeah. Um, those those three things you mentioned, trafficking weapons, drugs, and humans. <laughs> like it all goes hand in hand. Yeah. yeah. Hey, before we get too far, I have I was gonna share this um news article I found of uh something that was really strange that he said and like portrayed himself as at that time. When we all know what he really was. Can I, what, I was gonna this when was this? When was this, Lindsay? It was July 28, 1991. And it was in the Miami Herald. Yeah, do, yeah go, go ahead and do a screen share. All right. Okay. Well, I, I don't have the screen sharing set up, but just go ahead and read it. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'll just read it. Yeah. It says, um, crap, where'd it go? There we go. Um, I was a, na a naive businessman who lived in a nice little house in Hollywood, Florida, and thought crime only happened in the ghetto. <laughs> yeah, Johnny boy. Could we get more cliche? I don't, I got, sorry, I get so disappointed with him sometimes, I have to admit. Um, <laughs> it's like, come on, Dad. Yeah. Uh, sticks his foot in his mouth a lot i think I, i'm not the only yes. one to point that out um <clears throat> yeah i think that's I, I think that that's significant also 
I want to point out a couple more things. The America's Most Wanted rebrand of the logo. Um, and I was going to bring that up too, yeah. Yeah, it has the wonderful three, excuse me, I just fell out of my chair on that one. It has the three lines in the middle is now the new E. And uh, it's also the same three lines that we see in the Communist Party or in the Biden campaigns and DeSantis and a lot of the political campaigns that are shill efforts, if you will. Uh, we see that three lines put in there. So design-wise and branding and all of that is very interesting that that's what they chose to go with, right, in your face. And again, a lot of other people were great on Twitter to point that out. Um, what else was I going to comment about that? Uh, you know, again, I just want overall, I just want to bring up with America's Most Wanted that the whole notion. And again, this was from that podcast. I've got to make sure we put it in the comments or something later, Gina, what it is so people can go look. I don't want to take credit. That's not mine. But um, <clears throat> they use a term copaganda. And I just thought it was brilliant because, you know, again, guys and, and people watching, we try to keep it light here, but these are very serious topics. And I thought that was a great way to kind of keep it light on what the effects of shows, specifically America's Most Wanted and, uh, you know, cops and different things had on the American people. And it was real, it was really copaganda, you know, it was glamorizing police. It was putting them in a position to the public as saviors or the authority or to be trusted um, and not questioned. Um, you know, things of that, it was very, it's, you know, uh, and then that leads into really the overall effect and what this is at its root is it's glamorizing and sensationalizing and furthermore profiting from crime, from horrific crime and from victims, essentially. Um, we saw in the intro, as we always see, the first thing to come up is my son, Adam, my son, Adam, that's how he reminds you. That's how he gets your heart. That's how for moving forward and whatever he's going to say next, you don't question it. And you listen with open ears and your open heart. And it's, it's really dirty. It, it is dirty. I'm not saying that he even, I mean, I think we all know what we do, but maybe he doesn't realize it and it's just part of the programming, but you know, it's definitely still uh, very real and has an effect on, uh, you know, the American public, whether it's him or, you know, we know the, the larger networks and, and things behind that. Yeah. If you can pull on the heartstrings, that gets everybody's attention. You get them. You, I mean, you break the ice with them. They're now they're engaged. They're going to listen to every word that follows like, Oh my gosh, this poor person, this poor, you know, like I've seen that, you know, there's, I remember OJ was pulling that stunt after yeah. Nicole Simpson's murder. Like he kept saying, you know, oh, my wife was murdered. And you're like, dude, you stabbed her. Like yeah. <laughs> you cut her throat. Like what are you But people fell for it in the beginning. I remember, especially, you know, the, the black community definitely fell for it. I fell for it in the beginning. I was like, oh man, OJ. No, I don't think OJ could do something like that. You know, I was young and naive or whatever, but it's, it is this thing where it grabs your attention. They grab your heart pull those strings a little bit and then they've got you. And then you're like, everything that follows must be the truth. You know who else does this? Preachers. <laughs> fake, yeah. fake preachers do this all the time. They know exactly which heartstrings to pull and then they've got you hooked. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it's, this it's is not a, it's an old it's tactic. It's 101, right? It's, yeah. it's 101. Exactly. Gina. Yeah. And, and, you know, again, that whole just, glamorizing these crimes and you know i've said this again before as well on the show is 
here we have a show that is, you know, claim, you know, says outright that these are the worst, most horrific crimes, unman, un, uh, unimaginable, excuse me. And, uh, and then they're showing it weekly to the American public on a regular basis. So again, subconsciously, it's repetition. It feel. At its yeah. e- exactly. Yeah. I mean, it's when you're in school, you remember how the teacher would teach you, you know, the same problem over and over and over, like two times two, when you're learning the twos, mm-hmm. you're going to literally, she's going to literally keep giving you papers to take home to, to practice all your twos. So, yeah, so many times that it's like your head, so you don't right. forget. Repetition. Right. And it also triggers the emotional state. It's like Pavlov's dogs, right? Like the bell and the hunger and eating. Mm-hmm. It's like when you get that, you get the adrenaline. First, there's also the adrenaline and everything involved in it. Oh, what's this case ever? And we see how people talk about America's Most Wanted. It's not to say it's not, it's not, it not, it's not to say it's bad to get excited about your favorite show. But think about that on a deeper level. You're getting excited to watch like horrific crimes. And yeah, well, well, wait a minute. Why aren't we? The guy says we need your help. Remember, did you see how em- the emphasis on that intro was serious, Gino? And we right. Here's the thing. Why aren't we just down at the local police station every day with that same <laughs> anxiousness going? Oh, I can't wait to see them arrest some some dirt bags and scumbags. Right. Like, like why is it just when it comes on TV, it's like we get to sit down, grab some popcorn, have a beer. And enjoy a good show about catching bad guys and and some of the worst criminals on earth. Like I I don't know. It's it is weird. Well, like, I gotta say like I fell for it when I was young. Like, I felt it's for like it. Twitter and Telegram. You know, everyone yeah, wakes up thing. and can't wait to see what new child trafficking information came out today. But who's really doing anything about it locally? Good point. Oh no, that's a really good, oh, that's a show. <clears throat> it's a show. <laughs> I actually got. The other night on our show, I, I kind of went off a little bit on that same thing, Megan, because I'm just sick of it. That's why I haven't been on Twitter. I literally have to turn it off. I'm just so sick of people talking. All talk, no action. I'm, I'm done with it. I'm sick of it. Um, well, and Andy, not like, you, sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Well, it's like you said about why aren't people down at their local you know, stations excited to report and see their local perpetrators and make a difference being apprehended. You know, it's like everyone on these online platforms, from what I've gathered and seen, very, very real. And I don't get attacked as much as other people do and everything. I have to say that. And I'm very grateful for that. But, you know, it it's very it's very interesting to observe how the American public overall, not saying everybody, but would rather get on and question victims or survivors coming out or peep whistleblowers, whatever you want, people coming out with information that the American public would rather, you know, question and look at that person than question and look at the people that they're talking about. And they're putting this information out and saying, my life is in danger. Uh, it's it's very wild to observe. Well, I'll tell you the weird thing about that is I would have thought over the last five or six years that that sentiment would have changed. You know, we have a lot of great research in the community, a lot of patriotic people that love this country and have called out a lot of bad people. But it's some of those same people that have disappointed me the most because I'm like, wait a minute, if you're such a wonderful researcher, why didn't you know the most basic facts about some of the things we're talking about even here? Like, I don't, that's, that's the cognitive dissonance that I'm just like, okay, I don't get that. Like, so are you really a researcher or are you not a researcher? I will tell you, I am not a researcher. Megan knows this, Lindsay knows this. That is not my thing. 
I disseminate information, you know, and I look through things and stuff, but I am not a digger. That's not my thing. But there's lots of people that claim to be diggers and these, you know, extensive researchers and they've got, you know, terabytes of information. But then when it comes to the most basic things, they're calling someone a shill or a troll or whatever. And you're like, well, did you even like research that person? <laughs> like, I don't like, I don't get that part of it. I don't understand. And I'm not, I'm not pointing out anybody in particular. This is something generally I've seen. And that's no, why I just I, had to get away for a while. Yeah. Like it's just, and, I'll, yeah. you, and you have to, and I just, by force I'm in this. So, you know, I've got, so, I mean, I would be here regardless, but the break wise and everything can't stop, won't stop. But, um, you know, we, it, it is true. You know, we, we have to look at these things and people, you know, I, I, okay. So I'll put an example out to, to kind of move things forward from what you're saying, Gino, when I came out about this, after seeing, you know, all these different people seeing researchers and all these people coming out with real information, um, you know, I did think humbly guys, I, I'm not too big to admit, you know, my faults or where I was wrong or where I got punked, you know, whatever, but Lord knows we've had enough infiltrators and honey pots and everything in this, this three years, it's been wild. Um, but you know, when I came out, I really did think that people, these researchers and all this stuff would be like, oh my gosh, she really has researched this stuff and start making posts and, you know, uh, you know, putting out information about the National Center, about John Walsh. I mean, if we're looking at a child trafficking issue or any child issue, even educate all this stuff, who's the authority on America's children? Who takes that you know, claim in that position very eagerly. Um, who's who's the organization behind it? Who are the people behind it? I thought that this would be like, what, for lack of a better term, a heyday for researchers, you know, and I was very surprised. And this is nothing against researchers. I mean, we wouldn't be here today if it wasn't for research, right? And researchers, that's not saying they've done their part, you know, and also in this, there's people when you've done your part, you've done your part. It's like, I put out all the information about the National Center and all the affiliates and my father in connection to Epstein that everyone wants to know or in connection to child trafficking or that the system is that. But where is John Walsh? Again, I will always say, where is John Walsh for the National Center, uh, you know, in terms of 88 to 92 percent? And that's only the reported percentage of child trafficking comes from the foster care system here in America. Where is where are they even on the border issue that's going on with children being trafficked through DHHS and CPS? Where are they on a local level on saying, look, you want to be most effective in your country? Get together, make local efforts, you know, and I have to say over the past three years of us messaging all of these things and making these criticisms, I have seen uh, some interesting messaging changes from them, like America's Most Wanted this year, now the reboot, interesting enough, a weird choice of words, um, but it is, you know, their, their emphasis is on families now. So well, that- I So it wasn't, so it wasn't yeah. families in the past? It was not families. It was the FBI's most wanted. It was uh, con men, you know, lover boys, con men, murderers, everything. So now they're back. It's a focus on family. And the first case that they do is about a, a you know, a, a couple and they beat up a CPS yeah. worker and they're on the run with their kids and we need Amber Alert. And this is just nothing could have to do with article. Meantime, the article, meantime, here Megan is 42, 
She's an okay. artist. She's a singer. <laughs> um, she's a, a, a mom um, to a daughter named Ava. And you're like, one daughter. I'm 42. Yeah. I'm a mother of one. A daughter, like a daughter. And I'm like, hold up a minute. She, we're, me and her, we're like, uh, wait. You're not 42. You're 41 for one. Uh, they got pretty much all that wrong. I think so gaslit, you guys. It's I so told stupid. Lindsay, I was like, I don't even know. Somebody could tell me my name's been Barbara at this point, this whole time. And I'm I'd like, probably have to, like, crazy. entertain it, you know? Like, this, you know, and Lindsay, for those that don't know, if you're sorry, Gina, but for those that don't know that are watching, there was, finally, I was mentioned in mainstream, some sort of mainstream article about the new America's Most Wanted, and it was going through John Walsh's children, and how Megan Walsh is a fashion designer, a singer, this is, you guys, I was that, like, 10 years, 11 years ago, okay, um, uh, you know, and I'm 42, which I'm 41. Uh, I have one child, my sole child, Ava, not three other children at all. So, well, and the whole article was about, about families. Journalism yeah, so, is dead. I'm telling you, it's just, all, yeah, Lindsay is a big point. It's all about families, right? Go ahead, Lindsay. We didn't, Gino and I get oh, excited. Sorry. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, I was just, I brought it up just because that was what the article was about. Because mm -hmm. since he's about, it's all about family. That was like mm -hmm. the middle of it. Oh, yeah. the, we're, we're all about family. This is the latest on what, how um, John Walsh's family is going, what they're doing these yeah. days. Right. The context of it. Right. The current update on John Walsh's family. Yep. Where's the, his daughter went nuts and she's a drug addict and mm -hmm. she beats her children. Where, where yeah. why wasn't that in there? Right. Mm -hmm. Still waiting for this headline, so <laughs> sorry. Yeah, when I read that, I I just laughed. I'm like, you got to be kidding me! Like, this is so stupid. And and like, no one's gonna research that. No one's gonna. They're like, oh yeah, someone no. wrote that down. It must be true. Like, it's so ridiculous. Like you said, it's 10, 11 years ago. And yes, Megan has four children. Why would they name one? Who, not by... 42 yet. Been <laughs> 41. Yeah. It's yeah. So, so stupid. And then just yeah, add, add a year to your age as well. <laughs> it was oh, funny man. because when i was first reading it to megan she's like no 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 Lindsay, that's an old article that's an old article and i'm like no you're not listening it's not an old article it was from two days ago and it was like, oh. <laughs> i'm like oh my god Lindsay, no you're you're not this is this has to be like funny. oh my god send it to me i'm like yeah i'm not i'm not playing it's, it's a hot flash i promise you <laughs> Megan, I want to go back to what you said, because we mentioned this quite a bit, the foster care numbers, right? How all the crimes are going on in foster care. That's what, So if that's if that's a problem, why in the world? I mean, I think America's Most Wanted this season should be dedicated to knocking down foster care home doors and busting yeah. in group Watch, homes. Watch, that'll be the next thing. Once they watch our show, like it might be. it'll be the next thing. And, <laughs> and you know, I'm going to, I'll make, hey, I don't care. They've stolen my intellectual property my entire mm. life. So please keep taking it. As long as stuff gets done, I'm fine with that. So Callahan Walsh, start making some legislation since you are the chosen puppet. You can start making some legislation on the corruption within the foster care system, how to safeguard families and children, actually do what you're saying and stop grifting off of the online sex, you know, stuff and the missing kids that, you know, we have week old babies listed as runaways. I mean, the, the data, the, uh, the industry of data that these people are in 
is not is not uh you know people are seeing through that at this point i hope that me by me saying that maybe more directly actually in that moment might help people to see this a little more clearly this is not about children this is about data collection and the collection of children it's not about and the destruction of family going back to that is this a globalist think tank is this a globalist international organization uh is this in partnership with the un uh or the world economic forum which we do know that it is we have victor haldersplatt is on the board um the original board of the international center for missing exploited children victor haldersplatt is one of those names that is, it has very much power and control over uh, the lives that we live every day, but that no one knows his name, right? That those those puppet masters behind the scenes, um, and he is on the board. <clears throat> so this is not like fodder. This is very serious. When we have the World Economic Forum, when we have the UN, when we have globalist initiatives, when we have data sharing uh, going on, you know, th this is a big concern for you know, the safety of our children and the maintaining of American families. I, I don't know how to more seriously put that to people. Um, this this affects all of us and, and that is towards the global agenda, so. Absolutely. Well, do you guys wanna stomach one more interview with John and Callahan for the debut from TMZ? Uh, yeah. Oh uh, yes, the TMZ, oh. yes. Where I'm still waiting. I tweeted to them this week. I'm still waiting for a reply, guys. You know, it's that technology thing. They they haven't figured out the texting yet, so they'll get around they to it. They haven't figured messaging. They haven't figured out looking up hash. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> What's changed from when you oh started God. America's Most Wanted to now? A lot has changed. The technology has improved. Uh, we touch DNA now better enhanced, all kinds of tools for catching the My bad guys, face. but the criminals have gotten smarter and the level of crime has gotten worse. The director of the FBI said, we're, we're hoping you're gonna come out of retirement, you're gonna come back because we've become a lawless society in many parts That's of That's not real. <laughs> okay, wait, did he say the director of the FBI asked him to come out of retirement? Rewind and let's see, let's Let, be Let's accurate. see, I, I wanna let's, make sure. Apparently we're a lawless society. We don't make things up here, but yes, there's this big issue of this lawless society. Yeah, let's see what he says here. But the criminals have gotten smarter and the level of crime has gotten worse. The director of the FBI said, we're, we're hoping you're gonna come out of retirement. So he's, okay, now, now. Is that what's his name? That's uh, that's Ray Christopher Ray, isn't it? Yeah, Christopher yeah. Ray. Yeah, we all love Christopher Ray because he's done such a wonderful job. Uh, since he's been so he's installed. Sure, yeah. Just like John Walsh said to threaten me that, you know, to terrify me that I, Megan's in big trouble. I've had eight FBI agents contact me about this. So they're admitting that he's aligned with the FBI. He's admitting that there's FBI behind my case as well and what's being done to me and my children, by the way. Sorry, Gina, go ahead. Right, true. For catching the bad guys, but the criminals have gotten smarter and the level of crime has gotten worse. The director of the FBI said, we're, we're hoping you're gonna come out of retirement. You're gonna come back because we've become a lawless society in many parts of America. We're setting records for all kinds of violent crimes. Are cases that were really, really cold for many, many years 
back on your radar because they found a hit or something that suddenly invigorates the investigation? We can look at cold cases, and with all the new technology, some of those cases are getting solved. There are so many cases that law enforcement are begging us to do. You know, this cut, the fund, the cut funding to the cops is the most dangerous thing that they could have done in this country. They're so overwhelmed. So there's so much to do with reduced police forces and with, with budgets that uh, we may never get to cold cases. But I, I particularly like to do cold cases because, Harvey, I think oh. you know this, Charles, it took 27 years to get the files away from the Hollywood, Hollywood Florida police and basically help solve. Megan, didn't they try to stop those files from coming out? Oh, Gino. Isn't I, that... think, I think we've shown literally didn't, how they didn't we? Didn't we just show that like three weeks ago? I could have sworn we... we did, Lindsay. Hmm. I think I think we can all attest. I haven't seen this actually. I'm glad I'm glad I haven't because it's interesting. Um, he was saying that he was so he's, he's saying, griping. He's, he's trying to say that they're not even out still. No, he, he's saying it took 27 years to get those records released. Uh, no. Come on, oh my guys. Son's murder. I waited. It's crazy. Much to do with reduced police forces and with with budgets that uh, we may never get to cold cases but i i particularly like to do cold cases because yeah. harvey i think you know this charles it took 27 years to get the files away from the hollywood hollywood florida police and basically help solve my son's murder i waited 27 years to get those files to show you the mistakes they had made and a really great cop and a really great prosecutor solved adam's case once we got all those files in one month, so He's I'm not a prosecutor. believer in looking at cold cases. Oh I was a guy that had to wait 27 years to get justice. So I think out of heartbreak and no. sadness and anger, I have a lot of anger, I mean, you know, Irish stuff family. Yes, he is you anger. Know, we, we just yes. tried so to do something bad. to make sure he didn't die in vain because my wife always said it. Remember who the real victim was. It was that. It's not us. So let's fight back. And so we're gonna we're gonna try to make a difference. I always said it for 25 years. You can make a difference, and tonight oh, we're gonna sad. do it. And you're gonna do it right after us too. So good luck to you guys too. We always said we need to make sure Adam didn't die in vain. If this song is to continue. Oh, then how many times he said that just be tonight? Doing that tonight on the new uh, series of America's Most Wanted. Yep. It's that like pulling, is the media training right there. It's like pulling the string on his back. Yep. <laughs> literally the doll. Same. The doll. Okay. I've heard that like four times. What did he say? Did he say something about Irish too? Yes, he has yes. a lot of anger. My dad blatantly admits how he wanted to commit suicide after Adam, because, but that doesn't matter, you know, when he's taking my kids or the mental stability of this man when everyone's trusting him. Um, not to say that, uh, you know, don't everyone get sensitive on that. That was just an off the cuff point. But, um, you know, yeah, he, you know, the Irish, he's very, he has a lot of anger. He, you know, he's Irish and he goes and gets them, but don't be a vigilante. And, uh, you know, he's an all American dad. So I, you know, just living in it guys, just living in it. I just think it's hilarious how he's talking about the files and like, Oh, it took 27 years. And yet they were trying to bury him because he said that, mm -hmm. I think if I remember correctly, they were saying, no, that, that might hinder future investigations if they come out. It was like, what? Yes. <laughs> so hiding evidence that could find the killer was dangerous but now all of a sudden it's it's vice versa well, and, and oh thank god it, like, yeah sorry I, i'm just, excited and it's and I, it's interesting that he brings up cold cases out of everything why would you bring up cold yes. cases 
why wouldn't you be talking about current cases in today's lawless society that's so crazy because now you're doing more stranger danger and you're doing more division against the American public to make everyone think that everyone's against each other and they're not there's good very good people in this country this country is safe for the majority for the most part right and we have small the thing also on all of these statistics you know guys the thing for all of these statistics, whether it's having to do what I'm trying to get is whether it has to do with John Walsh and his reporting or just in general, we need to be looking at the statistics that we're given in the figures as well, because they're inflated. We have to know that statistics equals funding. If you have higher mm-hmm. statistics for something, you get more funding. I've said this many times. Mm-hmm. And also, when we're actually looking at things like the sex offender registry or how many stranger abductions there are and things, the percentage is actually very, very low. And what that does is it shows that this is a manageable issue within society. What America's Most Wanted does and other efforts like it makes it seem like the Epstein client list and flight logs and situation makes it seem like these are issues that are bigger than us that we have to hand our authority over to and allow the courts and the feds and these agencies and everything to be able to handle because it, you know, the American people could not possibly handle these types of situations. So it's essentially a handing your power over. Um, Mm -hmm. It's a disempowerment of the American people, as well as a dividing factor um, when when that's not necessary. I mean, we have racism. We have everything that's been brought back, you know, um, to divide us, the political divide, everything. Um, CPS with the family courts to get children's and parental rights issues with the father's rights movement and uprising to gripe about child support instead of uh, coming together and talking about healthy co-parenting. So there's a lot of, we have to look at activism. We have to look at efforts. And I say this very diligently as an advocate for, you know, because we don't have other terms um, at this point for it, but someone that speaks out uh, genuinely for human rights issues, children's rights issues um, and parental rights issues uh, in our country, which affects our society as a whole. Well, it makes Very people true. want to, makes people just want to be like, okay, well, I can't do anything. I'm, I just, you know, mm-hmm. I have to leave it up to them. But mm-hmm. that's not. It's literally the opposite. Mm-hmm. It's all fear porn. I mean, I think they invented fear porn. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if, well, I don't want to say they literally they brought it in, and and I yeah. wasn't prepared. I did make a. I did a retweet on somebody today that put, brought up, uh, and I can't remember his last name right now because I, I actually didn't know about him. I dig on everything else, but Stephen Chown or Chow, something like that, who actually was part of creating America's Most Wanted and Cops and his background oh, yeah. and how he's been taken out basically um, and, and what, you know, his intentions, what his work produced, you know, things of that nature. I shouldn't probably shouldn't have brought it up because I don't have much offhand uh, knowledge about it, but it was a very interesting thing that I'll be uh, delving into, uh, you know, to do my little digs like I do that's gotten me into all this trouble, guys. So uh, I want to just... point out since you brought up the ma- the help, you know, the helper and the maker of America's Most Morning, uh, as I was reading uh, a, another piece of history of it in the beginning, it actually said that. Um, that America's Most Wanted on Fox got more hype and more views than The Simpsons. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and, you know, we know how popular they were, you know. Mm-hmm. 
yeah, my dad always loved, you know, Matt groaning and we'd be out in LA and, you know, Matt groaning would walk up to our table and tell my brother what a great artist he is and groom him into that kind of thing. And that's how that works. But yeah, um, more popular because it was pushed more. So we talked about this, you know, um, you know, originally Fox being bought and I'm not going to go into the history of it, but essentially the issue at the time that America's Most Wanted came about was that Rupert Murdoch, Fox was a, a fledgling network, okay, in America. And so Rupert Murdoch it uh, had this big push and, you know, obsession with starting America's Most Wanted, which was actually modeled after a show called Crime Watch UK that already existed in the UK. It was a female host. She actually was murdered, um, allegedly, and... Um, so Rupert was very obsessed with starting the show in America because Fox was literally, again, fledgling. Like if they didn't have a big hit show, this is how this works. Like ratings equals money, just like stats equals funding, right? So, you know, you need viewership, you need the ratings to make the money. And um, when he could come out with something so jarring as America's Most Wanted and actually being, a, you know, a, a sort of experiment, if you will, on the American people. How does this, you know, affect Literally. them? How does how does this change how they interact with each other? How does this change how they behave in society? Um, there's there's so many deep aspects to this that I don't think people can even really handle um, when even the surface information is so much, if you will. So, Megan, I just had a thought. Did did the CAA have any part in creating <laughs> this? television show back what is it is it 40 years yeah 40 man yeah isn't that interesting i mean, I mean I, if you look at imdb or whatever they're all registered even down to tim ballard so they're all registered actors um <laughs> i was just wondering i don't know so, take it or leave it you off know, the cuff it. off the cuff you know, we but actually that's have the thing about the leather jackets is that, you know, there the you leather jackets puts this, you know, people, I, you know, how many people assume that my father is law enforcement. I mean, that in itself, that's been decades, decades when I was a little kid growing up and people walking up to us, you know, people loved picking me apart when I approached Dan Bongino or Tim Ballard. I grew up every day, not even being able to go to eat or go to the grocery store or do anything without people coming up and stopping us and talking to us. And my father, he can be whatever he is, right? But I give credit where it's due. And I watched that man stop me. We know he's a great groomer of the public and we know other agendas, but I watched that man for media's point here and your time and availability. I watched that man stop for every single person that, you know, came up and took pictures and, you know, listened to their stories and stuff. You know, I'm not, I'm not against my dad guys. I want to say that for new viewers or anything like that. I want the best. I want these people to step forward and do what's right. We are all Christians here. We all, you know, love and believe in our Lord Jesus Christ and the attributes of Christ and, you know, I don't mean to spin off, you know, on that for a second, but I think it's very important um, to to say that and, and make that clear as well. No, and Megan, ever since I've met you, you've done that. You give your dad credit where credit is due. But then there's, look, we all have faults. All yeah. of us. I, I, we all have inclinations to do bad things. Um, mm -hmm. we're, we're just saying, like, let's straighten this thing out. Let's let the truth be the truth. Mm -hmm. And let's have yeah. Megan's children back in her, her loving arms again, where they belong, where they yeah. should be. And never it might left. be 
it might be ugly, but you're saying you're big John Walsh and everything, and we got to deal with the hard facts and stuff. This is always how I grew. I mean, this is how I was raised, you guys. Like, it's like the hypocrisy is thick, y'all. I'll say that. But, you know, it, it's how I was raised, and that's what we want. We just want people to come forward. You know, look, people say online, oh, she says she, you know, he sacrificed her, her brother and, and all these very dramatic and drastic, mm -hmm. I guess, what I'm looking for things, you know, and no, I personally know and think that my father was groomed into the lifestyle um, from his gener from his upbringing, his childhood trauma, the generational trauma within the families growing up and um, then meeting my mother and you know, the combination of the, that generational history, as well as the lifestyle within America and what we put, we pressure people to have that lifestyle and be this and that, have the 2.5 kids and the white picket fence and everything. My father wanted to prove to his military dad that his hippie Woodstock, Tavistock style lifestyle was, you know, was valid and was okay. Um, and he got pulled in by John Monahan, his boss, who was very connected. He was an older man. He had groomed other people. He had high affiliations, um, a, a, a big past with like we've gone over cleanup scenarios and, you know, all of this within the hotel industry. He raised my father up into it and gave him the opportunities and the miracles. It was like a savior, you know, a father complex, a savior kind of complex and then we see my dad perpetuating it where we have this younger James Campbell living in the house sleeping with his wife you know he's out living the playboy as he says you know lifestyle uh, and I think that he got caught up with the wrong crowd I think he was groomed and influenced and I think he was my parents were already compromised individuals because of their drug use I think that uh, and and the lifestyle of sexual addiction or swinging or whatever else they were involved in um, promiscuity and I think that you know they that the powers that be are people that were more connected than he was because he was a pawn at that point uh, you know, I think that they use that against them. I think that they really, you know, I think that this does have to do with three letter agencies. I think it has to do with our history of America and the agendas that our government has pushed for decades um, and, and to where we are now. And I think that at a certain point, you know, my father also in turn had a, had you know, a, a, a moment or an opportunity to go one way or the other when he started th seeing things go awry. And that's where I have a problem to date is, you know, did you stand up, John Walsh, or have you allowed infiltration into, um, you know, your, your life in general? Was your child exploited? Uh, was the National Center, those that, you know, really pushed you to be the puppet in forefront of it, did they actually exploit your son and your daughter, myself? We were the first two exploited children, aside from Eton Pat Slightly and Johnny Gosh, but really the first two exploited children by the National Center for Missing Exploited Children. It's just like my five-day-old daughter being taken and ripped from essentially my womb uh, under the guise of child abuse when the only per the only th way that she's been abused so far in her life is by the system saying that it's there to protect her. So, you know, we we have to I'll always finish which, with we have to be looking at these things, I guess. So I do want to state that out. You know, I, I think that 
my father. I think it's much more complicated. I think this is much deeper in the government, especially seeing where he's been positioned, the affiliations and close connections, especially with the Bush family. Uh, how things are going down with my case in Florida with Governor DeSantis and those that are connected to the Bush family. Again, uh, the connections between Florida and Texas. Uh, you know, it's, it, there, there's too many correlations and it's not coincidences. It's not, you know, things that we're deriving and putting together. These are actual streams of facts and streams of history and streams of uh, you know, behavior and messaging that resulted into where we are today. And are we okay with that? I don't think that, you know, as John Walsh says, America is lawless. So let's take their words and let's, let's address that. Let's use them. So, you know, if we're in such a lawless society, then we're, we're, this isn't adding up, you know, it's not aligned. Right. Well, ironic, ironically, whenever, you know, the national center is, um, signed by, uh, President Reagan and everything. It's it's ironic that they made you know they had they have Adams Law, and then and it's a different Megan, but they have Megan's okay. Law, and in okay. the speech that he makes, it's just so weird how he says it when he's saying it in his speech. He mentions Adam and Meg and then Megan. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's almost like predicting what he's going to do to him, or what he's done to Adam and what yeah. he's going to do to his his own Megan. You know what I mean? Right. I, I agree. And I think that people don't really, I think that's a good point to bring up because people don't realize, like, I think we all have lack of like vocabulary for maybe these kinds of things at this point might be the issue, but these are all predetermined things. Like predetermined makes it sound like, oh, people sat around a thing and like decided this. It's not that way. Like we live in Satan's world, right? Like we live in Satan's world. So things are going to lean and be open towards the attributes or the aspects of evil, right? What is that? That is anger, deception, uh, hypocrisy, pride, um, mm-hmm. money, you know, all of that, right? We know well, that. And that just makes it more predominant that there, there's no such thing as coincidences. Well, exactly. There's no, there's no such thing. You know, I have that clip. If you, I can just let you listen. Yeah, I was gonna say, maybe you should play that because I remember you bringing that up this week. It was good. All right, let me just turn the volume up. But to thing, I pray for its speedy passage and to stay on free tickets home. We aren't the first parents of an abducted and murdered child, but no prior administration has seen fit to address the problem in this aggressive manner up until now. So, Mr. President, on behalf of searching parents in this room and everywhere, the Adams still alive, the Megans that represent this country's truly silent majority, the children, I present you with these quarter million signatures of children who saw Adam and know what we are doing here today. These are on loan to you. I have a permanent plaque for you. We're going to take these signatures back to the center. But I take the liberty today to speak for. That's all of it. Well, that was the ending. Yeah. yeah. Gino? I don't I even know what to say. Yeah, I've never heard that one. That's new to me. Wow. Mm-hmm. 
Signature. It's a whole 15 minute one, but that was like the, the ending part, and I just was like, wow, this is really weird. Right. And, and you know what? I think that what that prompts my brain to go into is just to also reiterate the fact that the National Center for Missing Exploited Children was created by Congress, okay, which is in the in, in Washington, D.C., District of Columbia, right? The headquarters is in Alexandria, which I went, we went over on the last show, how Alexandria, I forget the year again, 17, 18, blah, 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 whatever year that Alexandria was taken out of the 10 by 10 uh, declare, declared area of Washington, D.C., right? So it was ironically taken out. Um, and we've talked about this on my Twitter actually this week um, and had several people come forward and say, you know, I grew up in Virginia, which is very interesting because people don't understand that Washington, D.C., those other areas that make up Washington, D.C. are very political government oriented. But Alexandria and Virginia is military. Um, and, you know, maybe moving forward in other weeks, we'll talk about the connection. I, I floor people to look into this in the chat, but the connection between Alexandria, Virginia and Israel in terms of data sharing specifically. So for the International Masad. National Center, yes. Mossad CIA connections and, and Virginia is a commonwealth. It's not necessarily a state, which is an right. interesting. There's only four states in our union, well, commonwealths in our union. Um, so I don't know if that has something to do with the two but well which yeah, is also virginia is also where marion petty uh had their farm that is the head of which he was called the game caller which i think if we look at are these games being played i think has a very profound uh you know play out when people actually think about that but marion petty the head of the finders call to by the d class we know was cia founded uh, did live and have the farm property. We hear with Epstein, the New Mexico Zorro Ranch. We hear with John of God in Brazil, his ranches with the breeders, um, this whole thing. But he actually had his ranch in Virginia. And I have done, I don't think I've, I don't think I've released that exposure dig, but I have done the dig on literally the line, if you're looking from where Marion Petty and the Finders cult were located an hour to uh, Fairfax, Virginia, which is where my brother Callahan was born and where my parents moved from Florida. We lived in Fairfax, Virginia uh, for a couple of years during the establishment of the National Center when he was born in 84. Um, and so uh, if you look at that, it's literally an hour from Marion Petty's ranch to Fairfax and then half an hour into D.C. And we know, you know, as he also mentioned right there, he says that there's other abducted kids. There's other, we know that, you know, it wasn't just Adam, you know, when the public was put like this is a huge missing kids thing. You know, it wasn't like, oh, all these kids and he's an example. No, it was this kids put out when we know that. McMartin was going on. We know the Franklin scandal was going on. We know that, uh, you know, Boys Town had well existed with Paul Bonacci, uh, you know, before that. So, um, you know, it's ironic also that my father was in school. Um, he, he switched. I believe he originally started as a history major and English minor and ended up an English major and a history minor. But his main buff is history. So, Dad, I hope I'm making you proud. Uh, but, you know, we have to look at, you know, 
how, how what is lined up with this, the, the timeline, the line of events, which actually Lindsay and I are working on, uh, you know, timelines on that as well as my case coming up. And, and I have a feeling that we'll see a lot of parallels, just like we see an exact verbatim of the allegations against me to take my children uh, versus what we uh, know through official records and documentation on the lifestyle of my parents and the life of Adam uh, before he disappeared. I wanted to point out too, like he said in that video uh, that just played that uh, no other parents or no other, um, here, I'll just play it for you. In this aggressive manner up until now. So um, he talks so about no other um, pres or no other parents have done this uh, uh, in this aggressive manner until now. This center because it wasn't needed. Again, that goes back to the need for local stuff. This is him making a net. They, this is not just him. He he's being used and he's going along with it. This is the the powers that be oh, behind making yeah, it seem like a national case and effort when to make things federalized in a police mm -hmm. state when these are local issues that need to be handled as such. That's the reason, you guys, why we're bringing this up, right? Is that we want to be effective. We want to see results and we want to actually protect children. So when we're making it on this bigger than us thing and this federal platform, how could we actually be helping people in our everyday American communities? That by default is not, that will never add up. And just logistically, Adam's case was within 120 miles. So yeah, why did it have to go? Why did it even have to go outside the state border? Why did it have to yeah. go national? You know, national news started carrying it. But you wonder why did national news start carrying this exactly. case? Because, because there was Henry Lucas was there. Sorry. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. That was I, I apologize that was, on that one. That was I good. That was Sorry. good. <laughs> Sorry. Well, I found those videos that I'm uh, so you... annoyed when the viewers are like, it's she's just... no chat. <laughs> it's my show. No, okay. Megan, we do have, yeah, it is your show. You get to do it. I want to say, but I don't want to forget the clip that you have um, regarding stranger danger. We can get oh, to you the mall study. Okay. We can, uh, maybe we'll end with the mall study just so people what can about the Brad that. The Brad and, what, yeah, we got sorry. we got both videos, Brad's video, and then we've got the Stranger Danger one. And but I I also before we move on because we got off, I I want to, sorry viewers, but I want to go back to Paradise Island real quick, and I want to go back to the notion about researchers, and I want to revisit that because we we went off a little bit. But Ooh. would you please pull up the amazing tweet by Shannon? Mm. There's the pool right there where John Walsh was the Cabana Boy with the lotion. Can. Would you like me to rip lotion on you? Okay. Um, would you bring up the Shannon tweet, please? Guys, I have to make some kind. Of, I'm, I'm Irish, remember? Just like John Walsh says, I'm Irish. I have to make these. Watch oh. that temper, Megan. I know. Stop it. Okay, wait. I don't think this is the one. This is not the one, but we can. I would like to go over that one next after that. But do we not have the main one from her that was the Paradise Island? Yeah, that's in, at the end here. This is the one. Right here. Yep. Oh, okay. Sorry. I apologize. Wait, I, the, hotel the developer. Off I sent all three to him so that he could just pull that last one up. Oh, that's not. Yep. 
Okay, is but this... this is the one. Okay. Yep. What's the beginning of we can start at the beginning of her tweet. They okay. were great. So yeah. Um, so this account on uh Twitter, Shannon, I suggest everyone go follow her, please. Encourage her. Like she really did an amazing job. She put this eloquently. She did her history, her research, and put it together. And more people are starting to do this. So I really, I, I'm so appreciative. I, you know, we need third parties. I, I am not here to convince anyone of my story. I'm not here to convince anyone of the truth. I'm half of this. I'm just moving through with most of it. I'm just moving through with everybody at the same, you know, real time. Um, but I'm very grateful for people that really articulate because I want third, my point here is I want third party. I want to hear from everybody. I want to hear the input. I want the public to, you know, come to the conclusion on, I'm just sharing questions, observations, and my experiences. I think that, you know, people might sometimes online think differently than that, but that's, that's where I come from in this. So Shannon is amazing. Thank you, Shannon. Shout out to you. Um, and please everyone go check out her page and really encourage her to keep up with this because she did a great job. So I guess I'll start reading. Um, once you take off the, uh, thank you, Gina. <laughs> um, it says, Oh, Megan, my heart goes out to you along with daily thoughts and prayers. I can only imagine what you guys, it's invaluable. And I thank every supporter across America that's praying for us and, and following and sharing the information truly. Uh, I can only imagine what all of this was like. And every time I imagine myself in your position, everything in me just sinks. At the same time, it motivates me all the more to do everything possible to support you and countless others who have experienced are currently experiencing the same thing. I urge everyone who seek who sees this to take a few minutes and seriously imagine what it would be like if this happened to you and your children. Don't just like it and repost it and scroll away. At the very least, do it for the thousands of innocent children out there suffering the same thing who are unable to speak for themselves, let alone understand what is happening to them. When it comes to speaking any type of justice in this situation, Megan has already taken the first step by ending the cycle of abuse. Uh, she spoke up about Adam and asked questions with nothing but good intentions, considering what John does and claims to stand for. She left the industry and sought help through therapy because she instinctively sensed something was very wrong. During therapy, she learned the truth of what was happening to her. Um, upon returning home, she, uh, she now has the ability to clearly, to see clearly the same systemic abuse occurring, not only to her, but to her children, which is yet another trauma in and of itself. So what does she do? She speaks up and advises her family to seek help by attending family counseling once a week in which they agreed. Correct me if I'm wrong here, Megan. Yes, it was mutual. We agreed to go to family counseling. I showed up every week for two years. They showed up, I think, two or three times where the therapist had to actually stop seeing them, stating how my father, she was not a concierge therapist. She wasn't there to fix me. Um, my parents would call basically when I wouldn't go along with what they wanted, and they would tell her to fix me, and they would tirade. My father has a history of being very aggressive behind closed doors. We've shown that before. Uh, here, 
uh, and he he enacted that within our sessions. Um, but Megan was the only one that showed up for the meetings, right? Come Thanksgiving, her mother physically assaults her in front of the kids. Behaviorally, this makes sense. The family has lost control over Megan and she is winning. This is psychology, you guys. This is not like some banter, conspiracy, celebrity crap, y'all. This is, this is abuse. This is psychology. This is very, very real and grounded. Um, sorry, I'll have to refine my place because i'm so sorry up, up at the top up at the top they are extremely oh, okay they are extremely motivated to gain that control back especially considering well and the fact they lost their child i think if no one believes anything i'm saying you would have that nature as parents because of the loss of your child nonetheless but um there's much deeper reasons to that especially considering how successful her parents have been in their brainwashing endeavors of their children and the public facts. In other words, their parent, her parents have received continuous reinforcement for their actions. They've succeeded up until this point on Thanksgiving Day. All of that reinforcement for deceiving their children and the public for years has come to an end. And on top of that, the family has a lot to lose. That legacy so the fact that her mother lashed out at her physically and in front of the children tells me absolutely everything I need to know. She also has a background in psychology. Oh, I just want to preface that. In my field of work, applied behavioral analysis. Oh, look, I'm programmed to predictive programming. Y'all look at it. Look at that. Look at that. No, I'm just kidding. Sorry. <laughs> I'll call it out. Um, in my field of work, applied behavioral analysis, this is what we call an quote unquote extinction burst. Uh, as a result, Megan, once again, does the right thing. She gets a no contact order. Okay, so I didn't get a no contact order. I just went no contact at the, that's a gray rock. It's a narcissistic abuse technique. When you're dealing with a narcissistic abuser, you go gray rock basically is no contact or you just act like there's nothing going on. It's a, it's a approach to dealing with narcissistic abuse. Um, uh, God bless her therapist and friends. It seems you all have gone above and beyond in support of her as you absolutely should. Well, actually everyone got scared. My father intimidated everyone. My therapist was an older woman and she wouldn't show up to testify because of the retail. It's not a fault to her. This is, people should not be under duress and threat of their lives by John Walsh and others to show up and tell the truth. Am I wrong? Yeah. Um, so it says, uh, blah, blah, blah. Not long after this, Megan is being stalked, threatened, and harassed, uh, among other terrible things. Very true. Like daily, nonstop. I, everyone here can attest to that. That doesn't work. So they amp up, they amp it up to defamation. If they can't control her, they'll go to the next best thing. Seek defamation based on total lies in order to remove her children. Such levels of defamation against Megan executed by her parents, who just so happened to be perceived by the masses as not only heroes, but victims. And how 
they were able to ultimately get her children removed by CPS. Again, that's a Darvo tactic. It's also a mob tactic, like beat the victim to the chase, accuse them of everything that you've done to them so that when they come forward, they sound great. You know, they just reaffirm because of the nature of that manipulation. Uh, hang on. Sorry. Am I back at the top? Okay. No, uh, uh, right in the middle, right in the middle, not to mention. Okay. Not to mention their strong ties with the state's child welfare system, but not for the intentions they have claimed, as we have found through Megan's story, many other survivor stories, and evidence that proves otherwise. Again, this makes sense behaviorally. They are doing everything they can to reel her back in precisely because they've always been in control. That is that is probably the most true statement. It's horrific. It's had they not always been in control, they wouldn't be doing this. If they weren't covering up something, they wouldn't be doing this. It truly is that simple, people. That's a big, I mean, that's a big deal. People want this to be so complicated and it's not. Now, one thing that really, Lindsay, could you be looking for her other one on Paradise Island? This is not the one, but maybe you sent it. Okay, before I finish this one on the side. I've got it. Three of them. Okay. Now, one thing that really strikes me and is quite telling is the fact that John Walsh, the host of America's Most Wanted and others, the face of seeking quote unquote justice, the supposed victim of losing a child to kidnapping, which was the sole motivation for his entire cause. So, okay. So that, I didn't expect us to read that one. That was her backing up, you know, uh, you know, the current situation or commenting, I should say, on the current situation and um, me, you know, giving, you know, the, 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 uh, I don't know what I'm losing my words right now, guys, sorry, but the, uh, the series of events that happened again, I was asking my parents to get help and, and all of that. So she put that very eloquently and from a professional standpoint, I really appreciate her, um, you know, evaluating the uh, series of events. Is that the way to put it fairly? So I think it was still um, needed for this because to read, because it just, it just validates other people seeing what's going on and invalidating it even more. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And that's something I want to do. I was like, we need to find more experts and things to give their takes on it. I'm really over myself. I only did it because it you know, came out and spoke because I had to and we're in trauma and all of that. But to have experts really, you know, I'm not opposed to therapy. It was my in my career. It's where I would, I was the, the industry that I was in, in a different, not modern mental health, but in actual trauma healing, uh, specializing in childhood trauma and all of that. So I think that that's very telling and, and I'm very appreciative of that take. I do agree with you, Lindsay. I think that was important. Um, just not what I was expecting to, to read. So do we have the Paradise Island? I nope. just want to, I don't want people to feel like we're going all over the place and can't keep it together. So I do, again, want to remind people, this is us going back to that Paradise Island uh, in the Bahamas, the affiliation between the Diplomat Hotel um, and other hotel conglomerates 
uh, and Paradise Island or the Out Island board that my father was on. So this is what I was referring to, and, and thank you both. Uh, this is what I was referring to in terms of Paradise Island um, and researching, right? So people really researching, looking into things and laying it out from a third party, um, not just, oh, Megan Walsh says. I, I freaking hate that we're, we had to even use that point, right? Okay, but no one else will, so I'm here, guys. I'm here. All right, John Walsh it is absolutely fascinating to know that you were a quote-unquote hotel developer involved in several properties in the Bahamas, including the Paradise Grand Hotel, end quote. At the exact time, Adam went missing. I mean, gosh, what a curious coincidence. I thought criminal investigators didn't believe in coincidences. At least that's the most common statement they purport. Except it wasn't a coincidence at all, was it? Oh, weren't we talking about that earlier? Okay, hotel developer in the ba hotel developer in the Bahamas in 1981. Okay, so let's ground guys for a second. Let's look at these facts and what she's pointing out. Right? Let's get out of the banter. We do all of it, but let's let's get grounded here for a second. Hotel developer in the Bahamas in 1981, Resorts International, International Intelligence Inc. Okay, International Intelligence Inc., which is Intertel Mafia, the successor to Permindex, right? Yep. Does the name Robert Peliquin happen to ring a bell? How about James Golden, William Casey? So I will say she is off on William Casey. We're not always all correct. She is off on William Casey and her, her rationale there, but nonetheless, the rest holds true. Okay, I want to preface with that. For those because she's tying to William Casey when it was actually Fox and, and all of that is where that goes wrong. For those of you who are unaware, Intertel just so happens to be the largest, the largest private security and spy organization in the United States that was started by the CIA and FBI alumni with close ties to the mafia. So these are the three elements that we have consistently seen and brought up throughout this case and the history of John Walsh, the CIA, the FBI and mafia ties. Mm -hmm. Example, Robert Vesco and Meyer Lansky. Here we go. Mm -hmm. Intertel specializes in private quote unquote security an intelligence gathering for corporate and other clients, corporate and other clients. Yep. To describe it another way, Intertel is an, quote, unregulated, invisible industry, a security industrial perplex, or I think she might mean complex, whose influence is more insidious for the fact that its activities are mostly unseen end quote. And then she has the link to an article um, resourcing there, sourcing that. Very ironic how capital cities communications, cap cities, 
bought ABC Television Network in March of 1985. The exact network that start well, Fox started uh, America's Most Wanted, but we know now that they're all under the same, right? We know that. So again, her point still holds true. With you as its host in 1988, as the article above states, quote, for with the Cap City's takeover, one of the three primary influences on America's public consciousness consciousness was delivered into the hands of a company that may as well have its own agenda, end quote. Cap Cities was founded and directed by William Casey. Okay, so she goes on a little bit. I have to vet that. Um, there's been discrepancies. I'm going to be full transparency along with others who was previously the head of the CIA appointed by Reagan. In relate, but again, this goes to Capsi. All of these media organizations was it the same six, you know, or main? What's the what's the thing that we know today, guys? Help me out. The same yeah, six, five, five you know, of them own all the media in the world, or something. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, it says many of Capsi founders and executives had close relationships with those involved in Resorts International Inc. That does hold true, and its subsidiary Intertel. So that's what we're talking about. So we're on Paradise Island. We're creating this private securities, which we've seen this also used within Clinton issue, Hillary Clinton issues with the uh, with the army, with uh, our military, excuse me, and and, uh, you know, side uh, militias, if you will, for lack of I don't know how to talk about that. I'm speaking off the cuff, um, but we've seen that. So. Uh, but involved in Resorts International, Inc., and its subsidiary, Intertel. So they're creating this here. This is CIA Island in the Bahamas, you know, Meyer Lansky, mob-affiliated, all-affiliated, creating Intertel to be their private securities agency. According to the article above, in ter- quote, in terms of knowing who the players are behind ABC. Okay, so that's where it comes in. Because ABC... The ABC actually owns uh, Fox. So Fox is letting people think that Rupert Murdoch still runs. And this is actually from Mike Pack, Hollywood Reporter. Shout out to you. Love you, Mike. Um, That ABC, not the network, but the ABC Corporation actually owns um, Fox, bought out Fox. And they allowed Rupert Murdoch to appear that he was still running the news uh, sector of it. But he is actually not, which ABC Corporation actually goes back to Disney ultimately. So this is Disney owning this. Um, These relatives and businesses loom large. Chief among them are people prominent in Resorts International. So this is where we also have like government, media. I have pictures uh, I've seen. I don't have them in my possession, but I have seen growing up constantly pictures of my father before Adam ever disappeared or anything of him in the Bahamas with people like Burt Reynolds, uh, you know, diving and living the life, you know, he was already connected prior to the disappearance of my brother. Uh, John Walsh, you are the epitome of a fraud, a sick, sadistic individual willing to do absolutely anything for personal gain. We see this evidence by what you have done to your own flesh and blood. 
your daughter, Megan Walsh, and your grandchildren. At first, I figured that the children were placed with you because that's what you and CPS claim to care about, doing all you can to try to keep the children in the family. Now, this is another place where she goes a little awry. They are with my parents, except for Esther. I think everyone that follows my story uh, does know that, you know, my older three are, well, the two boys were adopted by my parents. My daughter was given to this other um, crime family that's participating, Italian crime family. And um, and then my daughter was sold to foster care, right? So um, she's saying uh, that you and CPS claim to care about. And I'm, I'm reiterating this or stopping. I'm sorry, don't mean to be annoying, but I'm saying this because doing all you can to try and keep the children within uh, children in the family, that's another loophole of CPS. First of all, they're not honoring sunshine laws or uh, kinship placement. They're not necessarily anymore placing children with family. But this is like the children grift where the focus is on the children, not the families. This is another one of CPS's grifts saying we want to keep the children with the family. No, you should keep the children with the mother and father or whatever variation at this point, whether it's a co-parenting situation between the biological parents, not just family. We have so many fraud cases of grandparents frauding the system to get uh, adoption money and supplemental retirement income. So that's another you know, rabbit hole that will go down um, another time. Uh, and we have many of them in Indian River County that have done it. Uh, story, sorry, Gino, could you remind me where I left off? I'm so sorry. Um, Please don't uh, be stupid, everyone. Okay. Please don't be stupid, everyone. The evidence is out there. Megan's story is proof, but not enough people want to believe her because it's just too hard for their brains to comprehend cognitive dissonance. And that is very, very real. I under, like we've said many times here, right? Like we understand who we're talking about. This is not easy whatsoever. I understand what the public's, you know, perception and what this is to digest for the public. Um, also, I will stay, say, and we all know, Gino knows firsthand, Lindsay does, that I was illegally gagged for a year and a half. I have not been given my due process rights under the Constitution um, of our country. So therefore, a lot of the evidence, and we have everything, do we not, guys? We have everything. Oh, yeah. uh, and we have been hindered, we have been denied, we've been threatened. Um, so uh, this breaks my heart every single day. Megan is a hero and has risked absolutely everything. Thank you for acknowledging that fundamentally to not only get her kids back, but to save millions of other children across the country. I want to remind everyone that I was an advocate against the corruption within CPS and family court and it being the source of our child trafficking domestically prior to my children ever being taken or any of this happening. That's part of what sparked this, especially locally when you're exposing and talking about child trafficking and then start asking about your local uh, foster homes or your local departments. Uh, I did not know, I humbly admit, at that time. I thought I was doing my duty, as every American should. But, uh, you know, you'll start to see that it gets hairy. Is that the way we should put it? And that should be very telling in itself. Uh, there is no better time than now to confront these uncomfortable truths head on. The fact that I have to emphasize this is a massive problem. 
considering what is at stake, our children. And then she even included this finding Adam in uh, finding Adam their only care. And I think if you if you can see, I can't, but Gino, if you could read, I don't know if you can see the highlighted part, but I believe it's talking about Paradise Island. I'm not sure. There's no way I can see that. <laughs> Who's got I didn't good know eyes? Zoom on your, no, I, I didn't know if you could zoom. Uh, I remember I reading, I have it at the thing, but it, I think it's just reiterating Paradise Island and him saying that he was convicted. Let's see, I can zoom a little bit. Can you guys see that? Look, it looks blurry to me. And John Walsh, a hotel developer oh, yeah, involved in several properties in the Bahamas, including the Paradise Island Grand Hotel due uh, to open in October. So mm -hmm. that was from August 6, 1981 article, uh, proving for proofs that what we're talking about is accurate. Well, and then I have that other article. I'm not sure. I don't think we brought it into the show before, but um, where it talks about the international um, intelligence and Paradise Island in one article. Yeah, that's right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, maybe we'll have to bring that for the next show. Maybe we'll leave a teaser with that one. Um, that was, you know, I think one dig that I found that was really, really telling. Yeah. Well, do you want to share some of that or do you want to do it for next show? Yeah, if y'all want to move to the next thing, I could pull it up. Um, um, yeah, so pull it up. Um, I think Gino has to share his thing, though, so I could do it. Yeah, let me. Oh, uh, he didn't set that. up screen sharing. Or let me see. I might be able to. Let me see. And I do want to play that Stranger Danger clip. I know we're kind of that would be jumping around a little bit, but you know, eventually when it fits in, do you know? You could... Okay, go ahead, Lindsay. I think it'll work. Okay, hold on. By the way, Shannon did a great job with that tweet. Shout out to you, Shannon. Keep up yeah. the good work. You did. I was just, that was like a, my wake up uh, one morning. Wake <laughs> up call. I was, was like, oh, um, wow. I was like literally praising Jesus. I'm like, somebody actually is cohesively, you know, put this. It's like what I talk about with CPS and stuff. You know, we need the communities. We need other people. These, you know, people that are going through it are in trauma. Mm -hmm. like you can't expect people to be able to deliver information literally while they're being terrorized and, you know, deliver in a way that, that, you know, everyday people want to hear in some pretty package that's not ever going to happen. So for her to, you know, really take that time that, that took time that took heart. Um, and, you know, for her to really cover what she did in that, I think was very, uh, I, I'm just very grateful. I guess we'll, well keep it. I wanted, I wanted to, while we're still on that, I was going to say too, while I'm finding this one, um, that um, with, with the CIA thing and all that and the Florida thing, um, I don't know if people know this. But I could link a video later, but it's a video that explains like how Disney actually bought all the property that was available yeah. in the islands and in Florida. Yeah. For the purpose, 
with the CIA and everything for the purpose of making these children's, um, you know, parks and everything. And it's yeah, just kind to of program weird. it. Why yeah. would the CIA uh, and buy them, like, and then say, and then with Disney, using Disney as a, like, you know, the man that was like the one in, in yeah. power. Really, it was the CIA that really bought the properties. Right, right. And then I'll remind people furthermore of CIA Finders Coal being CIA. Finders Coal being the operation developed by the CIA to make it a national and even possibly international child trafficking network, which we hear the network, uh, that term used a lot, especially by John Walsh and others in the child protection industry, if you will. I got it. Can y'all can y'all see it? Yeah. Perfect. I'm trying to move my thing. Okay, so um, National Florida Airlines operating three daily nonstop Miami Daytona Beach flights, according to Richard A. Elford, station manager. Richard says that National Florida offering free transportation to all certified travel agents. Resignation number. Blah, blah, blah. John E. Walsh has been named the senior vice president of sales marketing and partner of Hotel Management Associates Limited, which will manage the 360 room, 26 million Paradise Grand Hotel scheduled to open in early 1982 on Paradise Island, says Ray Melliott, partner operations, Giuliano Lorazzani, GM ambassador travel and Judy Turner, manager of Birdings Travel, Pompano Beach just back from the ICTA communication seminar in Scottsdale, Arizona. Arizona. Hmm. Interesting. Good find, Linz. Good find. Yep. And that's true. He was sales marketing and partner of Hotel Management Associates uh, Limited. Uh, And there it is, Paradise Grand. So, um, So we know it was in October and then there's that their year, October 1982. 82. And, and it's, mm-hmm. I think it's important to note how quickly he climbed that company ladder. I mean, this is only 1982 and he's already senior vice president of sales marketing. Yeah. And partner of hotel management. He's just, but he just uh, has a little house and mm-hmm. he's just a little tiny guy that no one knows. And, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that just, just goes to show you how easily they found him. He, they were like, oh, well. You know, he wasn't known until his until his son died, but no, he was already yeah. known. He was already well known and yeah. knew him way before. So this was just their way of like, oh, this is an easy target. Easy yeah. it's easy to target him. Mm-hmm. Get him and pick him up and there you and, go. And especially with what we know from James Campbell with the cocaine addiction and already the compromised nature of his personal life as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this puts a little bow on it. Okay, Lindsay, if you could stop sharing. Alrighty. Thanks. Thank you. Okay, so let's. Um, you want to play that stranger danger video now? Yeah, I mean, okay. I think we can tie it all together. I think we've done the America's Most Wanted intro. We've gone over <laughs> National Center a little bit of. Again, we, we don't want to overwhelm people with information on any one certain thing. So we're trying to give you bits here that are digestible. 
are researchable. Um, you, if you don't believe us, you can please, but we're begging people to research. We're begging people to look into stuff. This is not us, it's you know. literally all there. It's all there. It, it's all there. We're, we're not dictating things to people. We're mm. just also trying to help you help direct you or where to look or i mean maybe don't even listen to us we're open to all that so um yeah let's let's tie it all together with again this overall stranger danger um uh, study go ahead yeah, yeah. In the, the mall, mall study, the mall study. Kind of those and, yeah. and we'll talk about the mall study a little bit if i go on a tangent we'll fa- we'll we'll handle it now or, or else we can save it for next <laughs> Let's see how that goes. Guys. So anyway, okay, so this guy's name is uh, Dr. T- uh, I think it's Todd right. Grand, Grande or Grand. I'm not sure. He's got like a million three followers. I never even saw him until today. I was just kind of cruising through YouTube and saw this video. And I thought it was interesting because he was evaluating the Adam Walsh case from a psychological point of view. He's a licensed professional counselor of mental health. So he's just kind of evaluating. Now, he does kind of just go with the narrative. I mean, he kind of knows the story and, you know, the pieces of it. But I think he makes a few interesting points in this, so let's just listen. In October 1983, a made-for-television movie titled Adam was broadcast. It attracted 38 million viewers. It was broadcast again in 1984 and 1985. Prior to the of this movie, there was not a lot of concern about strangers kidnapping children in broad daylight or at any time for that matter. The Adam Walsh case and the exposure it received led to a number of changes. Congress passed the Missing Children Act in 1982 and the Missing Children's Assistance Act in 1984, which led to the formation of the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children. In 2006, Congress passed the Adam Walsh Child Protection and Safety Act. This increased penalties for people committing offenses against children. The Adam Walsh case and the movie also led to panic about abductions perpetrated by strangers. The vast majority of perpetrators who abduct children are related to the children. Of course, some abductions are perpetrated by strangers, as exemplified by the Adam Walsh case. The popularity of the movie, Adam, led to people overestimating the risk associated with strangers. People started using the term stranger danger. Strangers went from being totally disregarded to being a major source of fear. Yes, I think, uh, yeah, I think that's where fear started. And I don't necessarily think it was even the movie. I think it was America's Most Wanted is where Mm -hmm. it totally hit off. I think, well, it's a combination platter, right? I mean, you get, uh, you get both. Like, yeah, obviously America's Most Wanted was kind of this kickoff thing. Like, oh my gosh. We got to stop this. This is a horrifying thing that's happening here well, in our it was country. The, it was the, it was our the, safe um, country. it was, it was the, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? The manufactured response. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. But I think he makes a good point. You know, I mean, he says like most of these abductions are people we know, but, but and this kind of put, this that. put a new slant on things, right? It's like, oh my gosh, anybody could be stealing kids now. It's there. This is prevalent in our country. But this is the thing, we're presented with facts versus, what am I trying to say, guys? We're presented with facts versus, like, narratives, I guess, for lack of a better term right now. And then 
uh, what, I'm sorry, I'm speaking again off the cuff, but like we're, we're looking at this and then we're trying to derive truth from it, right? But we're not being given the truth. It's, it's like a convoluted truth. I mean, John Walsh himself has stated how the majority of cases are have to do with a family member or someone close to the family. That's literally a quote from John Walsh multiple, multiple times over and over again. But then it's negated. So it's like we're presented, they're presenting us with these things that then we're supposed to like deny reality or the, the logic behind. Is that making sense? I'm trying to. I'm not putting it right, but it's it's a very convoluted scenario. Sorry, guys. Maybe very I much. should have kept that to myself. But um, no, I, think I know what you mean. I mean, you, you mean uh, it, it makes the people not know what the truth is. So they have no, no, um, there's no way of knowing what the real truth is. So they take that as the truth. Yeah. Yeah, I, there's I, no, there's no supporting evidence or a basis for it it's just like let's put this out there let's propagandize it make it into entertainment and scare the mm -hmm. hell out of people i mean that's yeah. essentially what they're doing and we're the authority to say so so i mean gonna... let's i mean you could take a survey in your own neighborhood just like when's the last time there was a stranger danger incident in your neighborhood there's never been one yeah. in my area i mean never and i've been here for 20 years now yeah, and what's, so, oh, it's always parental abductions now and everything, but yeah. that's a whole rabbit hole. But I want to say something before I forget this or lose the point that we also have seen, I wish I had the clip tonight to pull, um, or knew that this was going to come up because I could have pulled the clip, but um, there was the old CIA guy that came forward and there's like black and white video of him. I can see it right now where he's talking about how you know i was part of the cia and we would literally go to media assets and we would uh you know give them a whole bunch of truths and then we would interject our agenda into it we would interject facts and storylines or different things that would promote our agenda into it and that's yeah. i mean that's a blatantly known thing an admitted thing well that's how and they do it news too yeah. What does Isaac Cappy say? Epstein is media assets, the media asset matrix, right? Brackets and packets. Well, and, then, and there's another island for you there. Mm -hmm. Island. Well, that is that. That's what a lot of people will. That's something that actually people can grasp. Is you know, if we're looking at um, Epstein Island, right, and we're looking at the islands around it, we know Nygaard. Peter Nygaard was in the Bahamas, affiliated with Epstein. We know, <clears throat> as I always say, I stand with Haiti. I will always stand with Haiti. Um, everyone wants to stand with all these other countries these days. I stand with Haiti. Ukraine. Ukraine. Yeah, no, no. I stand with Haiti. That's what matters. Everyone needs to look at Haiti. All the other countries are distractions. Uh, but, but we have, we have this in the past and we've seen how this has played out in, in various different scenarios. So, mm -hmm. okay. Well, so, I, 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 oh, sorry, Nancy, go ahead. How it literally incriminates John Walsh even more because of all the presidents he's best friends with. Okay. So this, so he literally is in relation to the Epstein uh, case and what's all out there and what's coming out because literally you have George Bush signs the um, 
the the national uh, law. What is it? Tell me. Adams Law Act. Yeah, Adam Walsh Act. And in the and in the video of it and pictures, literally, there's Joe Biden. Joe Biden is literally standing right behind um, another guy watching the whole time. Was he sniffing that guy's neck? I can't remember in that picture. Oh, yeah. Sorry. sorry. I think the sniff was next. <laughs> like he's monitoring the whole situation, like the whole thing. He's in the cahoots. And, and Pence. And Pence. And Pence is in the background on like yep. the porch, just yep. looking in. With I mean, hello. People like Foley, with he, people like Foley supporting the bill, who Foley had a whole the, uh, controversy about boy pages in the White House. Literally, Franklin. Scandal. And there's literally text messages out there where he's like literally wanting to molest boys. Yeah. Yep. And then you have Clinton. They've already outed him too with that scene. And Clinton's BFF with George Bush. But no, the leather jackets, you guys. The leather jackets. <laughs> maybe, maybe the former presidents will start wearing leather jackets and they'll show up on set. How about that? It's like a superhero cast. And like a Marvel know, movie. Leather jackets are the new capes. Okay, yeah. And I'm time. just going to say this, not to mention <laughs> um, Epstein's literal chef, um, Bourdain, Anthony Bourdain, has several pictures with John Walsh. Several. Yeah, they were good friends. My dad would talk about them often. And he's got pictures and, with and, media, like high end media uh, people. I want to say Pictures something them about that are on the list, literally. Yes. Yes. And I want to say something about Anthony Bourdain, whose girlfriend was Asia Argento. And um, she actually, I have screenshots in my old phones that have now died, but I have screenshots of a campaign uh, that she put out on her Instagram in the beginning of the pandemic that she's since taken down is now hiding out in Italy um, that was talking about how, it was a global initiative for children and it was talking about the campaign was children holding hands around a, a earth, right? Little graphics. And it was saying how we've all now been through tra a trauma and that trauma is COVID-19. And the, the answer to that is neuro linguistic programming for children. Yeah. So that she's promoting. Yes, because that's going to solve it. It's Modern Mental Health, which is Project Paperclip from Nazi Germany. Uh, and she's now promoting, or ha was promoting, since taken down, uh, that neurolinguistic programming is going to cure this trauma that has happened to all of us, all children. We're all, you know, we've seen over the past decade and more this push towards it's cool to have mental health issues. Every child now these days says that they have mental illness and they've been abused by their parents and all this woke stuff. Go ahead. Yeah, Bourdain right there and John Walsh. Thank that's you, a, Lindsay. That's cute. Okay, yeah. cute yeah. Very nostalgic. Mm -hmm. Rest in peace. And we have the one with the media guy. Uh, you might know his name. I can't think of it off the top of my head. Uh, from CNN, the clown. What's oh, his name? The one that got caught with his pants down? Yeah. <laughs> Wasn't mm -hmm. he? 
Yeah, I forgot his name. I always called him Potato Head, but I can't remember his real name. The little weirdo pedo guy. Starts, yeah, starts with an S, his last name. I can't remember. Yeah, who cares? Loser. CNN. But yeah. it's CNN, so mm -hmm. that's why we care. No, yeah, I meant who okay. cares about his name? He's a loser. Yeah. Well, no. the, the reason why that was I was wise guy. Him, he's <laughs> actually on the on the flight log. And it's been on mm -hmm. TV like every way. Mm -hmm. He's on yeah. yeah, and we've gone through the National Center. We've got Jeff Koons as the big known, and you know, people overlook this name. They don't know his name. They don't know who Jeff Koons is. Jeff Koons, pop artist, he's connected to and was in a love triangle, allegedly, with David Brock and uh, Alifantes, which is Comet Pizza. And then we've got Les Wexner donating to the National Center for Missing Children, which is the funder of Epstein. Brian Stelter. Yes, there you go. Brian Stelter. So, but what I was saying here is that we have the direct connections. I mean, we have, like I just said, Les Wexner donating through L Brands, um, which is the fashion industry trafficking, uh, you know, to the National Center for Missing Exploited Children. We have the International Center, which we started off tonight's show discussing, uh, which was founded by Eve and Richard Branson, his mother. It's like an Anderson Cooper and his mother, you know, mm -hmm. Richard and Eve Branson, uh, Richard Branson of Nexium Sex Cult, which is connected to Rachel Chandler and the Brothmans which connects to Amber Alert, which connects to a lot of other things. We've got Laura Silsby in Haiti, um, as well as John Walsh and Hank Asher, which is the original mm -hmm. ex-drug trafficker buddy of John Walsh from the Bahamas, who turned data miner extraordinaire and um, huge uh, funder and donator to research hospitals, which then we see John Walsh having his deep brain stimulation surgery procedure uh, at Mayo Clinic, uh, which, you know, has to do with memory and you don't even have to be invasive on that. You can use high powered uh, magnets and, and different frequencies, things like that. So, you know, it's very, it's very interesting, especially when, you know, my inside knowledge of John Walsh being very concerned always with living forever, with uh, his legacy, with uh, stem cell research, cloning horses, specifically polo horses, uh, you know, things like that. There's a whole, you know, that's a whole other side of it, but it all goes hand in hand in this global trafficking effort and, uh, and, and reason. Right. Why? One more thing about Jeffrey Coons. We all know he has a pension for rabbits, too, doesn't he, Megan? He loves chrome rabbits, like sure Adrenochrome. Yes, That's he weird. does. Weird stuff. Yeah, it's weird. I, I mean, especially his wife. She loves, like, new jewelry lines and tattoos and uh, the bag, the purses with the rabbits on. I mean, it's everywhere. You're right, Gino. Mm -hmm. I just okay. want to put a picture up real quick just so people could see. Yeah. What is really about? You need to share okay. your screen. Yeah. Go ahead. Okay. There you guys, you I don't have bad makeup on my face today. I have ivermectin treatment on my nose. So just want to say that. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> I just want to leave this here. Who's, who's oh, yeah. in the background? I can't see Can who I just it is. leave this here? Is, is that right? Yeah. I can't see. My eyes are terrible, so you're going to have to tell me who's in the picture. No, but do you hear the 
Chris. I mean, I know it's Clinton. Yeah. Um. Well, that one lady. Yeah, that one lady. Um. Uh, Megan might remember her name. She's not. She she's was like, like all over movie. everywhere acting. Not sure. she was an actress, and she was yeah. all over sobbing Look, everywhere. Looks familiar. Yeah. I'm horrible. With but names. the thing is, it's like you see all the children in the pictures and everything. How does that? I mean, that's literally mirroring what John mm -hmm. Walsh is. About. It's funny it says promise to remember, which promise without the E is one of the data collection. Oh, pieces. yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, it's like the same thing. So, I mean, we already know about the Clintons. So, well, it's funny because my parents have this same picture holding me, or I'm sitting like a, no, not holding me. I'm sitting like a boss at the table next to them with my pen <laughs> up, and they're at a podium. <laughs> With all the missing kids behind them, just like this. Oh, I have that one too, yeah. Yeah. Yep. All right, can you stop yeah. sharing? Thank and you. then we've got, so we've got them, to, to, to bring that full circle, what I was talking about is the creation of the International Center for Missing Exploited Children. It had Eve and Richard Branson, Hillary Rom Clinton, World Economic Forum with Victor uh, Haldensquad, We've got uh, also Tony Blair's wife. Uh, and so this was a big international conglomerate, which would be trafficking our children. That yeah. was Mary Tyler Moore. And that, oh, was There you it? go, yeah. That's what yeah. Karen said. And, um, but, but what I want to get the point, thank you, Gina, but my point here is that, again, what were the, uh, what was the intention and the purpose of the finders cult? It was to establish a network, mm -hmm. okay? And to generationally traffic bloodlines. Yep. Okay. What we see currently today between National Center and CPS specifically is now a network. And mm -hmm. when a child even, I won't even get into the crazy, you know, the elite bloodlines, but very fundamentally, when children are now raised in the system, now we have system raised children, state state raised children mm -hmm. who are broken by default because of the, the, the uh, system, right? Systemically by default broken. And then they have children when they grow up thinking that they're free. And then we see the system going after those children to yes. take them and then to traffic them. Yep. We see a lot of elites adopting children, don't we? Mm -hmm. We sure do. And um, y'all want to see the especially from Haiti. Go ahead. So maybe I wanted audience, to um... maybe the audience would like to see hunt, the Hunter Biden photos. Oh yeah, if you got those, I sure do. I got every single one of them. <laughs> I got every single one of them. <laughs> how mad i am y'all <laughs> <laughs> she gets it y'all lens get I don't, I don't mean gets it like it's the big picture mm -hmm. she's on it yeah. <laughs> there he is shaking his hand there's so that nasty thing right there that nasty thing that hunter bottom there so I want to say something like, when did the children running get added? I would love if people in comments, maybe next week or, you know, come on my page, but let me know 
and research when the children running was added or when the double heart was added. Oh mm -hmm. yes, we've got Homeland Security and ICE, my dad's Here's best. Here's a bigger one the, um, with the trophy. Well, I want to say something before you click off of this picture. Okay, sorry. So people have seen, no, it's fine, say. The this one? people, no, the, the group photo. Okay, I got one more yeah. of the group too. Okay. Oh, is it the wider angle one? Yeah. This okay. So if yep. you look at the bottom, it's very minuscule, but my mother is wearing one sock. Oh yeah. Okay. And, and a lot of people have seen these pictures. Ooh, and I, I never noticed that. Hang on. I want to debunk something because a lot of people have seen these pictures. The last one and this one where it, his feet are cough, but there's a larger version of this. And they're saying that my dad's shoes are red, like the red shoe club. Mm. That is not true. It's the lighting. I will say he was wearing tan shoes. Uh, and so the lighting makes them appear red. So I, I, I want everyone to know I'm very accurate in what we don't just go off the handle here. Okay. So I want to debunk that. But I want no. to point out versus his red shoes that everyone focused on. The point that my mother is wearing one sock, which I brought up earlier. That, okay, so I'm, yeah, so the timing of 2016 and Hunter Biden receiving this award, which is through Manus Cooney. So this gentleman to the my right, looking at the screen, uh, is Manus Cooney. I also revealed the Marco Polo. I highly suggest everyone to go look at Marco Polo if you haven't on Twitter and also Marco Polo 501c3.com. Uh, if you don't have Twitter, uh, it is the Hunter Biden laptop. Uh, laptop. Garrett Ziegler has done an amazing job uh, on holding the integrity to that. But this, uh, I, re I actually um, exposed the emails between Manus Cooney and Hunter Biden and also um, uh, referencing and addressing, excuse me, addressing John Walsh. Uh, but my point here is that Manus Cooney is, would actually be an individual who was working for the government at the same time that you're seeing him here at a nonprofit at, at, a, at the National Center. So he would be a significant government tie. And he is the one who made the connection for this award for uh, Hunter Biden to receive this. Now, uh, I don't know who Hunter Biden's looking at in this picture. <laughs> like, it's very <laughs> well, bizarre. I, I didn't even I recognize know. him because he's got clothes on in this one. Oh, well, that's yeah. real talk. The cuff yeah. is, is thick. The cuff is thick. Okay. Yes. Uh, <laughs> but, and the double heart is very prominent, I have to say. It's, it's very prominent. Um, but I'm not sure he's look, who he's looking at. Um, but my mother is there with her pinky ring on, which is a significant thing, and her one sock. Um, and when you're a witch in the elite, sorry, I digress. Uh, when you uh, are the founder of the National Center Procure, I mean, founder, um, you know, and you're the center of attention, they're all looking at you, right? And he... John Walsh is always very poignant to, to give, even in the last ones that we listened to, to say that, you know, Reve was the proponent of finding out who killed Adam and hiring Joe Matthews as the handler, I mean, investigator. 
and uh, as well as starting the National Center for Missing Exploited Children, which I also find interesting because if we look at the Epstein-Ghislaine-Maxwell dynamic, as well as what I know within the industry of pimps and uh, madams and procuring from being targeted and groomed by Kanye's crew uh, with a Chicago guy posing as a talent developer and his girlfriend, AKA procurer, um, females are the procurers, right? Uh, and we know Ghislaine Maxwell procured and then Epstein did the blackmailing and the, you know, pimping, if you will, or the, you know, the sought out the deals, right? So we also find it interesting that John Walsh is always very adamant about the fact and, and letting everyone know that Ravey Walsh started the Center for Missing Exploited Children. She's on the board. She's the head. She This is her thing. This is Ravey Walsh's thing. Ravey Walsh, who comes from a German background as of our last show and that has adopted out, uh, a.k.a. sold at birth her own grandchild, um, which, wait, did Ravey and John Walsh just sell their own grandchild via adoption? History repeats itself. Is Ravey Walsh the procurer for children? I don't know. Interesting. Yep. Very interesting. Okay, Lindsay, can you stop one sock campaign. Sorry, so we'll bring yep. it back real quick. One sock campaign. Which one sock gives me very uh, Tom? Sorry, Lindsay. I'm sorry. Are you talking? Sorry. Go ahead. There it goes. It's sorry. It was it was being crazy. Can you um? Is it good now? Yeah, it's working now. Yeah. Thanks. Sorry, it was being okay. crazy. I thought I was talking to Revo. Skipping. Um, I was just saying real quick before you uh, say finish on here, I was pointing out the one sock. Um, they had this rock the sock campaign. I don't even know what that means other than like gay porn wise. Oh my God. I'm going to say that. I just had a light bulb. Okay. So you know how in, uh, I don't know if y'all know about public schools, even when I was in school, you know, the red ribbon, the red ribbon week. They had the no. red week for red cloths or whatever and like crime and everything. Well, oh, then right. they have like certain days of that week that they're celebrating that week, the red ribbon week. And one of the days is crazy sock day. We have that also. Yep. So strange. Hmm. But wait, they still do it because now I, you know, I have my own and, and I've seen it. They but did, why would fire. it be, why would it be rock one sock? Rock the sock. Why, why, how, who, what is the brand? I mean, yeah. as someone that's Let's, trained in it with a background in it, what is the branding behind that campaign? Yeah. yeah what's, what's the marketing? I get what, yeah. That? And I get what you're saying. I get the crazy sock. Mm -hmm. I get we're in school. People wear the crazy socks. I'm not negating that either. It could be part of it, but yeah. why is it rock the sock? And it's one sock on a foot. That's like a gang thing to me. Like I you're like. It. It's well, a gay man, I wish thing, you would have seen it. Also, it's a gay porn thing. So I, I, wish I don't you know. could have saw that picture before, and you could have asked your mom, "Hey, mom, why do you only have one sock on?" No, I would have heard. Oh my God, Megan, you're so crazy. 
But I mean, it's like she couldn't deny it. She's literally in the picture. Like dude. that's why they say the exact line. Oh my god, you're so crazy! What are you talking about? <laughs> so that is crazy because how could you not deny? I could you deny that? Yeah, what are you all talking about? What are you guys? Do? I know I was such a jerk. I know. Like what? What are we doing here, guys? I'm I'm the oldest. I'm after Adam, trying to figure this out trying to get down i've supported the center you all have used me for fundraisers and everything my entire life trying to be with this guys what's up was anybody else wearing one sock that day do we know well, they had pants on you couldn't really see no but my like, mother made a women? point my mother i do have the facebook screenshot on my mom's profile of her making a point to put one sock on my daughter and take a picture hmm. what hmm. yeah of just her feet. Hmm. Because we're normal. Yeah. It's all normal. That is. All totally normal. I could uh, I found that. Guys, I found you, guys, you, you guys, stop. We're all like, we're sitting on a show and we're being speculated. Like, we know references of Tom Hanks with USC. Yeah. No. What is going on here? Stop it. Like, I'm not, let's move along. Let's keep the show moving. But what Rock the Sock is a very bizarre and disgusting reference. Whoever came up with that marketing campaign is not of right mind. What are you referring to? And why can't, the bigger picture is, why can we not be asking the National Center for Missing Exploited Children these questions as the American people that fund them? And why are they not obligated under law to answer us? When every three-letter agency is who backs them in their allegiance and affiliation. So what are we dealing with? You need to have transparency, just like CPS. You need to have transparency, accountability, and we need to remove immunity. These people need to be held accountable. We are asking questions as we all, our duty as the American people are to observe and to ask questions. When, especially when we're approving systems and and statutes and everything policies whatever we all dealt with that during covid didn't we in one way or another we had to understand what that was so let's start getting real we get caught up in the whole speculation i get myself included we're all guilty we're all human we're here but we have to we have to keep this grounded and say we're talking about a rock the sock campaign that is not normal that is weird what does that mean why don't you answer us? Let's leave it at that even. It's as so, simple as that. So there was nothing ever on the website when they were promoting that? On no, they're all just doing a national campaign. Then they groom online influencers to join their stuff. So it looks like they have support. I mean, this is a whole... Uh, I'm not yeah. I'm not making this stuff up. Like I literally watched this and this is like everyone's in a business, right? You have an industry, you have a protocol, you know your industry, you know people. Like this is it applies here as well. What's well, like the boot thing too? Eliza Blue representing National Center for Missing Exploited Children, huge online influencer grifting, saying that she's a sex trafficking victim and representing the National Center for Missing Exploited Children while she's doing interviews talking about in her ideal world, there would be a child adult sex utopia within communities where the community would decide if a child was ready to have sex with a certain adult within it. 
while she's representing the National Center for Missing Exploited Children. And now the trolls want to come out and say like, oh, you know, while it's so funny, while the release of America's Most Wanted is happening, they want to send trolls online. Like it's, this is mm-hmm. so protocol, textbook, playbook, call it what you want. This is a media, this is an industry playbook. This is how this goes. You have it within any industry that you work in. If you are a part of marketing or you work in solar or you sell, you know, something through customer service, you have a protocol. That's what this is. Mm-hmm. I found that, that picture sense? that relates to that, yeah. to that Clinton picture. This so is like not so mysterious, is my point. Like, everyone wants this to be mysterious and unsolvable. Like, again, that stranger danger, Epstein list, we, it's bigger than us. We can't solve it. This is in our face, you guys. Like, you have power as the people. You have smarts. You have logic. You all, like, you know, I love the American people. Dang it. Well, and the more people <laughs> that are talking about it and putting it out there and sharing it's going to be so in their face that they can't deny it or any in, in some, and then that's when it's going to, like, they're going to fall. When what it's, happens? Well, see, but our community, I think our community gets it. It's yeah. the greater community that doesn't, they have no idea this is even going on. And so for me, it's always been about awareness because I was in that community. I was right. unaware. I wasn't looking for this stuff. So it was in front of my face all the time, but I would have never known. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I, I was always, you know, they, my family would have considered me the conspiracy guy because I was always uh-huh. in these other rabbit trails. But it's in general, the guy. Go ahead. yes, the open minded. <laughs> but it, but in general, I mean, like you know, just you know, I don't pick somebody and you know in my neighborhood, and they're gonna be like, "What are you talking about?" Like I've had that reaction yeah. over the last couple of years when I bring this stuff up, and they're like, "What? Yeah. What? Like it's right in our face? It's right?" I'm like, "Yeah, it's everywhere. It's sick." Like. And then well, when you exactly. see it, you never unsee it. That's the good thing. But, it, never but how it. do That's we get thing. enough people yeah. to see it? That's the problem. Because the media is not going to do it. We just talked about the media I, being a I joke. Think that, I think that that's where I was saying. Yeah. Where, like, we have to keep sharing it. And the more people that are sharing it, the more <clears> they're seeing it. They're like, oh, wait. This person's, see- this person's putting it out there. This person's putting it out there. Okay, maybe Gina was right. But we can't buy into political psyops. I'm going to say on any side, on any side, we can't buy into political psyops. Wait, wait, Megan, even if they have an R next to their name, are you sure? (laughs) Sorry. Yes. Yeah, I guess I'm I'm groundedly, straightforwardly saying that. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. All right. What do you say we switch gears a little bit? Do you want to do the mall yeah. stuff now? We got that mall video from RQ, Brad. Yeah, you want to go ahead and play it up? Okay. We wing it here. No, okay. <laughs> oh, I got to fix my screen. Sorry. From before. So this doctor, we'll talk about this convoluted scenario, but just listen with open ears and then we'll, we'll discuss. Right. While I eat Doritos. Don't tell. <laughs> Something that would be at least mildly traumatic if it had actually happened. And that's when we decided we're going to plant a false memory that when you were five or six years old, you were lost in a shopping mall with certain family members there. Police were baffled. How could a little boy disappear from a crowded store in the middle of the day? The parking lot full of shoppers. The police station just across the street. Who could pull off such a crime and not leave a single clue behind. Then, two weeks later, 
a grisly discovery. The worst that we, we could have imagined happened. Adam's head was found in a canal about 125 miles north of the mall. We think we gave it our best, our best effort to bring him back. I, I just wish it had, it had a happier ending. Adam evidently was too good for this world. The way what? we did it, well, if I were going to do this to you, I would say, Lawrence, um, you know, I had a conversation with your, your mother about your childhood. I, I just uh, spoke to her um, yeah. when she was in Palm Springs, and she, she, she told me some things that happened to you when you were about five or six years old. Not, I want to ask you about those things. If you don't remember what she told us about, just say, but if you do remember, let's hear what you remember. Then I'd present you with three true memories, mm -hmm. things that your mother really uh. told me did happen to you, and then a completely made-up experience about how you were lost in a mall, or if you grew up where there were no malls, then you were lost in a Sears department store, or something that would be... Oh! Oh. Oh. Sears department what? store? What is she talking about? Um... You know, so thank you again to uh, RQ Brad. Go ahead and follow him on Twitter. Do you know his handle, yes. by any way? Uh, no, it's Brad Connolly. Um, please, everyone, real share. Oh, I got the other one. Hang on, I can pull it up. Um, but Brad Connolly it's... is amazing. We love him so much. He is a big OC out in California, Orange County advocate. He speaks out about the corruption there and the grooming of children through the university um he is absolutely amazing to go follow on twitter um if someone wants to talk while i look him up i can find the handle i have it right here on the screen megan okay it's, uh, at real oh, sarah yeah there you go sarah yep. vernon yep at real sarah vernon is his main account um so you can find this so this doctor is very interesting so this is a very convoluted situation what you know that we're presenting this video so i want to preface with that so she is talking about a mall study that has been done and about um you know uh what do they call it uh repressed memories and bringing back repressed repressed oh. memories so she it's it's this is twofold because like everything else we're talking about here is always twofold, right? So she's acknowledging that memories can be implanted, right? Which is like what's going on with my children, um, being told that your mother's abusive and re re-education camps uh, that are going on now through CPS where children are put with their abusers and the abuse is normalized or said that it doesn't happen and they're actually cut from contact with the protective parent for 90 days at least. So this is already happening. It actually extends from Nazi Germany. And um, so what she's talking about is very interesting on the study because it's talking about implanted memory. She's talking about what happened through Adam's case, not in context, by the way, I. We, we went diligently over this to see if she was talking about Adam's case in the context of this clip. And she's not. She is not talking about Adam's case. When she quotes Sears and Malls and all of this is very interesting that she does this. And we want people to comment 
in the comment section, please, on this and give us feedback on this because first she's presenting <coughs> the mall scenario and implanted stuff, which is what could have very likely happened on the witnesses that day and the public in regards to Adam's yeah. case. But when mm -hmm. we look deeper into her, Lindsay and I have found that she also is speculative on whether she will be a witness for Prince Andrew's proceedings, okay? And she's connected to Harvey Weinstein and mm -hmm. all of this. Yes, so the whole repressed memory notion within modern psychology is also being used to negate satanic ritual abuse survivors or industry uh, abuse survivors. So this is and they're using it. In, they're using it in court. Right. They're using it to negate and 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 you know get get predators off uh, off on charges. So mm -hmm. um, I don't agree with her body of work. I will say, I guess that's the way to put it. I do not agree with this doctor's body of work. I think it's very concerning. Um, and I think she comes up for a reason. I think we need to know about her. She's been used in a lot of these cases. Um, and, but in the same respect, the study does not negate itself, right? So if we have a study regardless of the doctor involved in this, I mean, you could say doctors have an influence over it, of course, absolutely. But I believe that in regards to this mall study, it is very accurate, you know, in terms of the cognitive dissonance or manipulation on an overall mass population. The, um, what do they, what, what was the term during the pandemic going on? Mass uh, psychosis. Psychosis, or, yeah. Yes, mass psychosis. Um, so, you know, I, I do believe that she's correct in the fact of the study, which is, which does not necessarily correlate to her overall body of work, if that makes sense. I Sometimes think that, they just let the quiet part out loud, Megan. Yeah. Well, I think that, um, once I was looking into her, I think that she knows more about Adam's case than, in, in general, and not necessarily what she talking about his case in that video but the fact that she uses that as an example is yes. very, and then knowing her background and what cases she's been involved in it's like okay that's really odd like yes girl you do did you know about somebody that did this to these witnesses in this case like how do you how do you just randomly pick well that pick that. Example? yeah but not only that is i think sears is out of business aren't they i mean well, here in michigan I know they're out of business here. Oh, it's oh, okay. I didn't, okay, I thought it was a newer video. Okay. No. It's about four years old. Because that would have been weird if she brought it up, <clears throat> knowing that they're out of business. Like, why would you bring up Sears and not why like, don't, you know, Why don't you bring up JC Macy's Becky? or something? Macy's or something, yeah. Macy's, yeah. Like, why are That's you... what I'm saying. Like, how do you just... You're involved in all these big cases, and then all of a sudden, you're talking about... They, those, those type of examples and then Adam's case as we know is another big one so it's like how do you it's just weird and like I said I don't think there's any coincidence no no so, okay so thank you so I've got this is 
earlier your father had taught the net you know for the people that just joined us we earlier we were playing some videos of america's most wanted and stuff and and how it was important that the case files had been opened so that the murder could get solved and find out it was Otis Tool. And Joe Matthews was one of the guys, or is the lead investigator that solved the crime. Um, the, the police couldn't do it for all those years, but Joe came in and saved the day at Reve's, you know, doing, saying, we need this guy, we need a private investigator to take care of this. CIA connected, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> there's that. Uh, but anyway, Joe, Joe happened to be... You know, he wanted to write a book, which was could have influenced Otis Tool's um, behavior. Let's just say um, many suspicious things. I think he started a DNA company after that. <clears throat> um, there's other some some other business ties too. But anyway, um, this was yeah. a video. We we've seen this video before. It's from ABC. But I want to play this first because it kind of sets up the next part. Because if Joe Matthews is such a amazing investigator he didn't even know megan was on stage with him at one point which which no, still, still blows hasn't my mind. responded to my yeah. text message after saying i'll get right back to you who is this and i told him who i was and i haven't heard from him since so, uh, <laughs> crickets crickets yeah, yeah he's so, never met me before never met you on stage mm -hmm. so let's play this it's a couple minutes and then we'll come back this is America's Most Wanted. On his show, America's Most Wanted, John Walsh has helped capture more than a thousand criminals. Next time I see Alan White's face, I want to see bars in front of him. But unbelievably, for decades, the one case he couldn't crack was the murder of his own son. Until several years ago, when his wife, Reve, said she had had enough. I can't go to my grave not doing everything that I could possibly do. And I said... We're going to get a cold case detective, and we're going to start from the beginning. I don't care if you go to work just to pay the bill of this private investigator, but we're going to get somebody. And so after the case sat idle for roughly one quarter of a century, Reve urged John to hire a cold case investigator. That's, me. That's this not man, Adam. Joe Matthews, a retired police. What was that, Megan? I said that picture was of me, not Adam. Yeah. And they actually yeah. do that often. They always put pictures of me. I missed it. I missed that Adam. picture. I'll have to go back later. It's very weird. They always say I'm Adam. Reve urged John to hire oh. a cold case investigator. This man, Joe Matthews, a retired police detective. So you look at the markers. Matthews went back and painstakingly poured over every one of the 10,000 pages in the case file, reporting back almost daily to Reve. Matthews concluded that the lead detective on the Walsh case, a man named Jack Hoffman, had become convinced, despite compelling evidence, that Otis Toole didn't do it. So Otis Toole confesses to this crime repeatedly, knows things about the crime that only the police knew. Yet, the lead investigator, no. Detective Hoffman, doesn't believe him. Why not? Ego was involved in tunnel vision. And the tunnel no. vision is... Projection. You come up He's with your own hypothesis as to what took place. And you work that case to validate your own hypotheses. After combing through the case file... Oh. So he's telling oh. his own tale, isn't he? <laughs> That's what I was, I'm sorry, I know. To validate his own hypothesis. Oh, the audience my. hates it, I know. Let's, yeah, let's sorry, do sorry. that again. Investigator Detective Hoffman doesn't believe him. Why not? Ego was involved in tunnel vision. 
And the tunnel vision is you come up with your own hypotheses as to what took place. And you work that case to validate your own hypotheses. After combing oh. through the case file, Matthews made a major discovery. A roll of film from the crime scene of Otis Tool's car. Film that no. the original detectives never even bothered to have developed. The film contained what Matthews considered to be a monumental revelation. How long did it take for you to realize what you had here? Within seconds when I was going through the photos. On the rear floorboard of the car where Tool had admitted to tossing Adam's severed head, the outline of a face with the darkened eye sockets and open mouth. You actually see this no. image and it's as clear as the, you know, shroud of Turin. Clear as the Shroud of Turin. I'm just going to let y'all know, I don't see it, and I have never seen it. I don't it, see no face. It's like when you no, look at the clouds. A, you guys, it's a zoomed-in image. Willis Morgan has shown the full uh, record image of that carpet sample, and it looks like a boot print. And Joe Matthews literally zoomed in twisted turned the image and then made it look like a face you know um he says it's like the shroud of turn give me a break but and you know here's the other thing Famous line. i mean i want to know another investigation i mean there's got to be thousands of them where blood stains are on carpet in a home or in the back of a car or on something, you know, on something that's I want to say blood. that those carpet they don't samples look like were, that. No, I want to say something factual. The carpet samples were never determined whether the, it was animal or human blood mm -hmm. to begin with. Correct. And Megan, didn't the car disappear? Yes, it poof disappeared. All the yeah. carpet samples and the entire car through the Hollywood mm -hmm. Police Department, who had a relationship with John Monahan, my dad's boss. Who found and or who identified uh, that the head was Adam? <laughs> Which actually, in notes and records, John Monahan did not first recognize the head as Adam's. Even furthermore, the guy, the cleanup guy, did not recognize Adam's head at first as Adam. Then he said, "Yeah, you're right. It's Adam. Okay." And then all the coroner reports on the head that was found are missing and gone and null and void, do not exist. Oh, and Gino, I did find the picture of Monaghan in oh, the nice. newspaper Excellent. when he found the head. Perfect. Or when um, he identified I, the head. I want to ask yeah. real quick in the chat, if anybody in the chat um, sees a face in this, uh, please please let us know. Open yeah, now. we have yeah, any chat comments? Go ahead, sorry. Yep. And it's as clear as the... You know, shroud of joy. To me, it was the one thing that a mother knows is that this is their child. This picture is the their one child. thing that got me in 2008. Off, based on these new pictures, the one what thing that, that got me off. I said the one thing that got me off clean. You know, look at. I want to notice your dad's. Look at that face he's making right there. Yeah, clinching his lips like he that he loves that one he loves that one yeah mm -hmm. well and if you notice in every interview both of them stutter yes a yeah lot. it's not their yes they it's not in random spots of their sentence yeah it's not yeah. their normal speech patterns for sure 
2008, based on these new pictures and a mountain of other evidence that Detective Matthews finally pulled together in a way that the original detectives had failed to do, the new Hollywood Police Department chief officially closed the case, definitively naming Otis Toole, who by this time had died in prison, as the man who killed Adam Walsh. If Otis Toole was alive today, he would be arrested for the abduction and murder of Adam Walsh on July 27, 1981. Listening to the words that came off of Chief Wagner's lips just penetrate my soul. It took Detective Matthews working with the Walshes just two and a half years to do what the Hollywood Police Department could not do over the course of decades. Oh, Joe Matthews to the rescue. Uh, the chat saying no, it doesn't uh, doesn't look like anything. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't, I didn't see anything either. I mean, it's like when you look at Lindsay. It's like when you look at clouds and somebody says, "Oh, look at that cloud! It looks like you know whatever an ice cream cone." And then all of a sudden, everybody's like, "Oh yeah, I see it. It looks like vanilla." Exactly. You know? Yeah. <laughs> like it's suggestive, right? You just kind of. But get I've this looked image. at it so many times, and there's ne I never see it. Never. 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 Nothing. It's it's ridiculous to even think. And then to say it's like the Shroud of Turin. <laughs> I mean, oh my gosh, are you serious right now? So ridiculous. No, it's okay, implanting. So, it's implanting the saviorism again. It's a there great you go. Actually. Yeah. Okay, so all that being said, the reason I played that is because this next clip, again, you know, showing how Mr. Matthews um, is just, I don't know, he's not very observant because he didn't even know Megan was on stage with him at one point. But we also have this on a radio show, a call-in of um, a lady named Mia Taylor. And uh, she was supposedly an eyewitness to Adam at uh, the Sears store. She was 10 years old at the time or 11. I think her brother was with her. Her brother had some kind of disabilities. He was like nine years old. Um, so they were both there. They had now they believe it was Jeffrey Dahmer that was the murderer. I don't know. That's what they believe. So they, but they I, said that they actually said it was suggested to them. Ultimately, they said that, and I love Willis Morgan very yes. much. I respect him, but the fact of the matter is, is that you know it has come forward that you know with in terms of Mia and her brother that you know willis definitely was very adamant that it was jeffrey dahmer and then came to them so i have to be diligent about that also her brother has since committed suicide from guilt uh survivor's guilt so mm -hmm. that is a very big uh thing that people don't think about is survivor's guilt um and uh we now have someone that's you know sacrificed their life over this uh narrative if you will um, when you get done playing that uh clip gino i got some things that uh, relate to that and verifies so. okay cool uh tanya we'll get to your question in a few seconds thanks thank you tanya so we didn't hear about the case because we live way further south it was a few days before we heard about the case but no one ever contacted any of us somehow joe matthews as far as I know, they might have talked to my mom. I really don't know. But Joe Matthews, in, I guess, several years ago, had written this book saying that he had talked to my brother and he talked to me and that we had identified a specific person and my brother said certain things or that I said certain things. And I've never talked to Joe Matthews in my life. She's never talked to Joe Matthews in her whole life. But yet, yeah. 
in his book, he says they did. So do we trust somebody that he has poor memory? I don't know. <laughs> as far as I can tell. I mean, maybe he's just, well, he was a senior citizen at the time. I don't know. Yeah, I want to say something of that. So um, Mia Taylor was on the Willis Morgan side aligning with Jeffrey Dahmer narrative until Joe Matthews was given her name with her brothers through this book and his efforts. And uh, she got put on his radar. And since then, she has been targeted through CPS. So we have, there's a theme that anyone that has gone against the narrative has been targeted by CPS. She was actually accused of having a child. She had a stillborn child, which is a horrific event in anyone's life, right? Um, and DCF decided to come after her saying that the child was not stillborn. The child was actually born alive, um, that she's lying on her tax income and all of these different financial things relating to the child that is not alive. And on those CPS records, she has confided in me that there was a name, Thomas Loveland was one of the CPS workers on this case of accusing her. She's moved out of the state of Florida. They followed her across state lines and have done this to her. And Thomas Loveland, it's very interesting because Thomas Loveland actually was not um, assigned to my district of Indian River County, but yet he was also the one that showed up the night before my five-day-old beautiful daughter, Esther, was taken from me. So he showed up on the front porch at 1030 at night to um, abduct and kidnap my baby, Esther. And he is also on the records of Mia Taylor and her CPS fraud. And let's say that gentleman's name again, please. Thomas Loveland. Thank you. Loveland. L-O-V-E-L-A-N-D. Loveland. So um, it, my point here also is that besides that is that it's interesting that, you know, these these uh, uh, retaliation tactics have been taken. We see that as a theme with John Walsh uh, and his affiliates when anyone goes against the narrative, which even it was, you know, it's been very talked about and documented in terms of the amount of witnesses that called the Hollywood police around the time of Adam's abduction that were turned away from the police and their accounts were not taken because it did not fit the narrative that was already put out in the media, which we know they were on Good Morning America. They were on everything days. We see all of this of them on media days and weeks after Adam's disappearance. When we also know from James Campbell's depositions that they were at the time uh, addicts of cocaine and other drugs and other lifestyle addictions. So we're literally watching, if you ask me, we're watching addicts either withdrawing or high or whatever is maintaining them, uh, you know, on public forums and news and everything talking about this child that disappeared that was originally known as a love triangle that had broken up 
literally, literally weeks prior to this child's disappearance. But yet we're going to say that it is three of the top, which one was in jail. Uh, so that rules him out. But three of the top, the nation's top serial killers. So again, we see that hand in hand, stranger danger, kidnapping with uh, serial killer narratives around them. Just like my, also my friend Lindsay out of the Finger Lakes, her murder. Sad. Uh, Tanya wanted to know, does anyone think your parents are MK Ultra? I do. <laughs> Tanya. <laughs> we, talk about pro we talk about programming quite a bit, so yeah. 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 I, do. I think that there's a big thing of Manchurian candidate, and I never thought I would say any of these words out of my mouth. Like, I never thought I'd talk like this ever. Um, and we're forced to in this day and age and with the terms that we're given that we are given, but, um, you know, I, I do believe that a Manchurian candidate, uh, scenario would very much be applicable potentially. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So, Lindsay, did you want to share your screen? Yep. Okay. Just let me, uh, what she went into okay. would be perfect. Okay. Go ahead. Oh, can you can you zoom is. in, Lindsay? Yeah. Thank you. Um, this is that one I can't zoom. I don't think. That's okay. I can see it on my other the screen. Playboy. I don't know what. I pull in it front, and it won't do. I think maybe when you screen share, you can't zoom in on. Like I can't front, my, use my touch so screen. John Monahan in front of the police lieutenant. Yep, and it says it says I'll read it to you. Uh, John Monahan in front of police, Lieutenant Richard Hines, identified Adam. Check those sunglasses out. Looks like he's wearing a smoking jacket. What is that? Cocaine <laughs> cowboys! Cocaine <laughs> cowboys! We got mobs all day long. He's got the mullet yeah. going on. Yeah, he does. And then um, here's the And next. his history is of cleared out Cessna planes and mm -hmm. showing up and identifying uh you know, demolished body parts in Colorado when the feds are already following the plane for cocaine. So, and okay, okay, that? all right. Then what did what did I just have up earlier about the international uh, airline? Look at, that, look at that international style he's got. <laughs> all right, so then he is trafficking oh. all over, man. Look yeah, at that guy. That's Miami Vice before Miami Vice. Uh, that was my one of my so I was raised on Miami Vice, James Bond, Quantum Leap. <laughs> That's what my dad raised me on with Sherlock Holmes. That was the last oh, one. There you go. All my faves. Yeah. <clears throat> Who would have thought? That's a good dig right there, Lynn. I've been looking for Monahan stuff for a long time. Oh, she found us. Me too. I finally found it. Finally found it. Here's um, another a couple of articles um, about how they're saying Tool, it was not the killer. So uh, before you go off of that, wait, I want to remind okay. people that picture is who John Walsh worked for. Yeah. In the Bahamas, in the hotel industry. That's that right there. And then the guy behind him, that's a police lieutenant. Look at that guy. It looks like a construction worker, don't What is he do? Yeah, it I, looks like he just I thought it was, the border. I thought it was Pablo Escobar. <laughs> I did too. 
Lieutenant Richard Hines identify or uh, in which is of- interesting because John Walsh actually, if you look at his following on his social media platforms, he has a large majority of La- of Mexican followers actually. Which if you're giving out comms to cartels and you have followers that hit notifications to give them the notifications on anything that he puts out, you know, that's a that's a great oh. system right there, isn't it? Go ahead. Just 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 speculating. Well, even on the American Most Wanted, how many Latinos is on there? Well, right. It's amazing that that many would be supporting and hitting notifications for any time you throw out a post or a com, I mean, post or um, information. Yep. Is there anything else you want to do about that one? No, go ahead. Okay. Doubts about Adam's killer's loom large. Serious questions have been posted as to whether Otis Stool identified by Hollywood police as killer of six-year-old Adam Walsh really did it. Yeah, because I'm the first one to question this. That's why I'm mentally ill. I have severe untreated mental illness for all that. Everyone goes on Twitter every day and asks, why were your kids taken? So I have apparently severe mental, untreated mental illness because I question Adam's murder. So what year was this <laughs> article? He, uh, he was already dead, I know, because it uh, it's after he's already died. Yeah. Because it says, from the grave, Otis, Otis Elwood Tool, a career criminal with penchant for storytelling, still bedevils police. The, the, uh, the, the, the uh, playbook, dead, the guilty dead man. That's, yep. that's a theme in these missing kids cases. Yeah, yeah dead men don't talk. Yeah. And then we have this one. No clues in state search of Tool's car. Yep. Because it wasn't the car. There was originally a van. There was originally nope. a van seen everywhere, just like the finder's call. Yep. No no clues, but they found some clues, um, apparently, to uh, Mr. Joe. I know. After they and lost the won. entire car. Right. How so? The car disappears, but then all of a sudden, Joe finds it somehow or digs up the evidence. He supposedly with Adam's face un, imprinted. These were unprocessed uh, camera rolls that were mm-hmm. just sitting in the Hollywood Police Amazing. Department for all these years, and he it's like was the Holy the Grail, it, like the face of Turin, <laughs> almost. I'll read this one too. Uh. I got a bridge to sell you, too, if you believe that one. A day after Louisiana investigators disclosed that Otis Toole has again confessed to killing Adam Walsh, state forensic specialists said Wednesday they found no evidence linking the Jacksonville Drifter to the abduction and murder of the six-year-old Hollywood boy. In a confidential report to Hollywood Police, Florida Department of Law Enforcement, technicians said they had finished searching for the boys' fingerprints in a 17 or a 1971 Cadillac sedan DeVille once owned by Tool. Ernie Ham, a FDLE supervisor, would not discuss specifics of the test results Wednesday, but Hollywood police spokesman Tony Anderson or Alderson said the three week search of the car failed to yield of evidence to present a case against Tool to the Broward State Attorney's Office. But we are proceeding with investigation. 
Um, it's called my... police corruption. Well, okay, my little thingies uh, blocking the. How do you move it? Scroll down. It's funny because I ever I just um, was on with FDLE a couple weeks ago, and they told me that the public has a huge misconception that they actually oversee the police, which they do not. They have no, they take commands from the police. I was told just, we remember Gino when I called FDLE, you're on mute. Sorry. Um, yes, I do remember that. Yeah. And they specifically told us and had to clarify the fact that they don't have any authority over the police. That's a mass misconception. Just so everyone is informed, public knowledge, FDOE. And, does and not. why is that? Why is that a mass misconception? Shouldn't they clarify that then? Shouldn't that be known? I, I would, I would think. I don't know. And then that last bit is just: we are proceeding with the investigation. Alderson said we are not going to present any evidence to the state attorney's office until we feel that there's nothing further that can be done in the investigation, and no further tests on the car are planned. Well, which, which what I just said about FDLE having no jurisdiction over the police and everything would nullify all of this article whatsoever, would it not? Mm -hmm. I mean, if FDLE has no power, then what does any of this mean or matter? Exactly. Just going off what they say. I don't know. So, there's those. You know, will you stop it? Can you? Oh, there it goes. There, mom. Oh, Thank it popped you. back up. There it goes. Thank you. <laughs> my bar, my bar disappeared. <laughs> okay, so uh, let's. We've we're over three hours, ladies. So uh, let's do this. Uh, let's wrap it. I've I've got one. I've got a video, a short one, it's a couple minutes. It's a little off the beaten path, but I want to get. <laughs> I just think this is. I don't know. Listen to what. Daniel J. Travanti says in this interview about the making of Adam. I don't know. I, I, have you ever seen this one, Megan? This interview with him? No. This I think I've seen it, but I never played kind of, kind of weird. So they have production. It's all set up. They're ready to go. And Linda oh, Otto told me she was sitting Thanks, frantic. Afraid I might say no. I said, really? Wow. I didn't know that. I would have asked for more money. No. Um, I read it. Did you hear what he just said? Listen to this. Afraid I might say no. And I said, really? I didn't know that. I would have asked for more money. No. Um, I read it. It was on my lap, sitting on the edge of the bed in the hotel in Toronto. And I called uh, Dick, Wally's partner, and said, well, I guess I have to do this one. He said, oh, well, okay. I'll tell Linda and they'll get it set up and you're going to finish it in another week or two and then you'll go down to Houston. I said, oh, okay. What did you see in it? Good writing. What is the key to everything? Repeat after me. Good writing. So Good she writing. asked. She asked him, "What do you see? What did you see in it? The script. Good writing. Oh my god! And then, then they were scared he wasn't even going to do the movie. He says, oh, money, right? It's about money, right? I mean, okay. Now I'm not. I get it. He's an actor. Okay. I just find it interesting. Like you, would, if you're going to do this movie back in, well, when was that? Eighty four, I think. 85, whatever yeah, it was, that when was the movie the came out. 83. Um, you would have thought your heart would be in it, like, my gosh, this kid's went missing. 
His head was found in a canal. My heart's in it. Yeah. 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 Like, who cares about the money and building your name up for Hollywood? But anyway. Good writing? Yeah, and good writing. I want to be specific about something. Mm -hmm. A lot of people say Pacific, but I'm going to say specific. Um, But I want to know whether, is this, do you know if this is a regard, if he's talking and referring to, is my point, the first Adam movie or the second First, because later on he talks about the second one, how he didn't want to do it. Say, there's, yeah, yeah, there's another interview yeah. where he's talking about mm-hmm. the second one saying he didn't even want to do it. Okay. Right. right. All yeah, I hope ahead. is that it's a good movie. The rest would take care of itself. And that's not my job. Yeah. It's Linda's right. goal. John's and Revenge's. But it's not mine. I'm an actor. I want yeah. it to be, I thought it was worth doing, not because of the message. Oh. I don't care about the message. The you message is beyond me. The message oh. isn't my job. It isn't mine That's to deep. deliver. Um, Judy Dench says about a play, you can't play the meaning of the play. Absolutely correct. I love one of my, one of my heroes corroborates what I've been thinking for so long. Oh. You can't play the meaning of the play. You can't play the meaning of the scene even. You can play the meaning of the moment and then put the moments together, and then there will be That's a meaning. What are you talking about? But you can't play that. Holy you have to play crap. truth. To the best of your you're, abilities. You're making up so for I said, uh, this will make a false. good movie. I think if, and I said at the first read-through, if we don't act it. And we said, well, if we don't act true. it? And the director was one of those people who don't interfere. Englishman. Oh. I like that. Don't oh. interfere with me. Unless you know something I don't know, unless I'm missing something, no. way off the mark, leave me alone. Did you get to know oh. John Walsh? Sure. Loved him. First time I met him, coming across the lawn, over the hedge, and we hugged, liked each other immediately. Oh, oh, liked each other immediately. They they hit it off. They hit it off. It was because they're both act. They're both actors. They're both really good at their trade. That's my opinion, folks. I, I would actually venture to say John Walsh is a better actor than Dan <laughs> I mean, what was he? Abagino, what did you what did you get? When I watched that? that, I was like, this is the weirdest thing I've ever watched. Like, so I mean, look, this is the most high profile case in American history for a missing child. Easily. Like it's not even close. And and you're gonna take on the role. It's in the media, everybody knows about it. You're gonna take on the role, and then you're like I don't. I don't really care about that. I, I thought. Well, it's about the money, and truth, then it's about this. Truth doesn't matter. Truth, truth doesn't matter. Like, it, it, is it good writing? I mean, a good good script. Like, what? What are you talking? This is I'm supposed just, to be. I'm just an actor. No, but then <laughs> at the is... end, he's like saying, like, he couldn't. Like, he's doing this. Like, okay, you couldn't feel the part. You couldn't feel like you could lie. I mean, I don't. It was bizarre. What is he trying to say? Know. Is what I'm saying. I just I thought that I, I I don't know honestly. I mean honestly, if I'm trying to get in his mindset, I'm like, okay, well he's an actor. I I get it. Okay, I'm just acting. It's just another role I'm playing. But if you consider the gravity of this case, and you understand that it kicked off, you know, show, well the shows came later. But I mean, when the movie came out, I mean everybody knew it. The public knew about this. This was the it most high high profile case. Center. It kicked off the National, National Center, Center for exactly. Children, which was founded by Congress in 
Senator Byrd via Kathy O'Brien was ordered to oversee the creation of this organization to be via Ted Gunderson, the mm -hmm. catch net for the child trafficking in America. Oh. Can we play that Kathy clip? Uh, I don't have that one so, queued so, up, but well, you know, Tanya, Tanya brought up something that I noticed too, and I don't know if you guys did. What was going on with his fingers? Let me. I want to get to that part. <laughs> it's so weird. Yeah, I don't know. Right. What, I didn't notice his fingers. Yeah. I don't think. Watch. Let me get to it. Oh, and the nose, and I always—it's the nose. Okay, go ahead. Okay, look at his fingers. Like, what is he? Look, are they twisted or something? He doesn't know what he's doing. Like, what's the ring? Look finger? at like. Like, look at that. Like, what is going on with... Oh, my gosh. He's oh, my gosh. Something crazy is going on. <laughs> he's cracking. Is he cracking his fingers while he's talking uh, about Like, what is this guy uh, doing um, with his, rep his reptilian fingers? <laughs> I'll get real wild. But I'll Megan, get real Megan Walsh is a conspiracy theorist. Daniel J. Trevathy. <laughs> It's a no, lizard. No, Megan's in my head. She's in my He's head. a lizard. He's a lizard. He's doing it. No, it's called guilty uh, expression, I think. I would call it. Uh, I thought that was bizarre. From my uber anyway. professional standpoint, yeah. it would be. All right. Before we wrap yeah, up, is there anybody out there with questions, real quick? If there's any, yeah, there's, there's a bunch chat. of you. There's a bunch of you out over there in Rumble lurking. And again, you know, the, this is what kind of sucks about the lurking thing. On Rumble, you have to be a member to chat. So a lot of people just don't sign up because they don't feel like I, doing the whole... I was, I was guilty yeah. for a long time. Me too, was, me too. I, I did not. I'm, I'm guilty. So we have to be fair. So if anybody's got a question, we got a couple minutes. I just want to reiterate, like, the creation of things versus motives versus where we are today and what we're allowing today maybe well that's why i was saying i could play that kathy clip because uh to just to like uh wrap us up if no one has any questions yeah if you can pull it yeah for sure yeah if you have it yeah do you have it ready to go yeah, I just pulled it up right here. I mean, I okay. encourage people to look up Ted Gunderson and National Center for Missing Exploited Children. He's very, mm -hmm. very clear about that. I've also heard controversial things about Ted Gunderson from acclaimed survivors and victims. So that mm -hmm. he's not exactly innocent. So well, we, we played a couple clips. We played a couple from Gundy of what, about third, fourth show in, I think. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and again, and these are an acclaimed I, survivor come forward and say that he was actually one that participated in her abuse. So we cover it all. We talk about it all. We don't gatekeep or have saviors, you know. No, no, Ted could have been compromised as well, Gino. We have to. He could have. Anybody can be. Forward. We yeah, right. we have to be we have to be circumvent, right? We have to look at it from the forty thousand foot view. We take in all of the information and then we disseminate it. Okay, well, what's good? What isn't? Yeah. What jives? What doesn't jive? I mean, that's that's any investigation. We try yes. from our human experience. And sometimes, sometimes we're going to be duped. It's just going to happen. Yeah, yeah. It's, okay, it's uh, Tanya, Tanya, Tanya said, as it stands now, do the parents genuinely know what happened to Adam? I believe that they do. 
I do too. I also want to suggest before we get into Lindsay's clip. Oh, there it is. There you go. Well, I'm gonna, gonna, wait, before, a, wait, 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 stop, stop. I'm stopping for a second because before we move on to this. Okay, well then I'll let it go. It's fine. Go ahead. Are y'all there? I lost yeah. you for a minute. Yep. Hello? Yeah, you froze up. There you go. Okay, you we us? are. We're back. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, I can hear you now. Um, uh, what was, uh, who was commenting now? Uh, Tanya had said, do the parents genuinely know what happened to Adam? And we both think they do. Yeah. Yeah, and okay, that's what I wanted to say. I want to remind people that we, we see people talk about sacrifices and different things, right? Everyone loves to use this word nowadays. And we've got Kanye out about his mother and all this kind of stuff, right? In the mainstream. So I want to remind people that when you sacrifice someone, you are just giving an okay. You don't exactly know how the sacrifice is going to happen, when it's going to happen, none of it you are just giving an okay to your elite to your overlords for lack of a better term uh that you are agreeing to this all, all they care about is the agreeance and then you don't necessarily know when or how the sacrifice is going to happen which also then creates doesn't that create a natural response from the person that okayed the sacrifice. Yes, right? it would. Yes, it would. Yes, it would. Yep. Go ahead. Go ahead. I was just saying, I was agreeing with you. No, that, yeah. And I, I was ending on that because that's you. Oh, okay. Just, I just gotcha. capped it for me. Yeah. Well, if y'all can see the mirror here, I got it laid out. Oh, it's mm -hmm. so weird. That's what I was referring to, right? It's just creepy. Hmm. Yeah, you got all the kids' pictures behind them. Oh, last one. Uh, right here was that witness one. I was I had pulled these little pieces. I can show y'all that later. But this is the Cassidy one. Y'all ready? Yeah. Okay. Oh, turn it up. Hold on. I was gonna try and restart it. it played too fast. Yeah, and it's not loud. Ready? Oh. Okay. Ready? Awesome. No, we yeah, can't we, hear. we can't hear. hear it. Even though you got the volume up, it's not playing right. Really? Yeah. It might have been. Was that screen recorded? You there, Lindsay? You froze up again. Yeah. Her yeah. Zoom keeps freezing. What now? You keep freezing up your Zoom. Oh. Well, well, we can play it. We'll play it on another episode if it's not gonna, because we can't hear it. It's it's very low. I wonder why. Okay, well, I could just play it on my phone. It'll be easier. That was that was on uh, Roseanne's podcast. Yeah, you don't have her to look recent... at her. Yeah, I remember this. I've actually yeah. been in contact with her son lately, who I was told mm. used to have a history in CPS, and we've been talking about things. So hopefully they'll put that on a bigger platform. Um, eventually he and uh the q shaman 
we're talking back and forth, uh, interested in my case. And then all of a sudden we had a tweet uh, from Roseanne's son say, telling the QAnon shaman to DM him directly to discuss my situation. So let's see how that pans out. Just reporting. You don't want me to play on my phone? You can hear it. I think you probably, you can hear that other video, right? Uh, played yeah. Earlier. Yeah, when you played on the phone, it was clear. Okay, here we go. FBI. This is Kathy O'Brien. Oh, because the FBI has been complicit in the new world complicit in covering up child sex trafficking for a long time. The national. Hey, it went out on that. Oh, she's. Oh, she's in the FBI building to set that up as a catch net operation for the Lindsay, children who were trafficked. Oh, and yeah, sorry. Can you did, did it uh, mess don't up? Be, don't, don't be sorry. You're freezing up. So I just want mm. people to hear it fall. Oh, yeah. That's all. Probably missed this. I know it paused right when I said, right when it said the National Center. <laughs> okay, right. Yeah, it did. It did. FBI has been complicit in the new world order all along the fbi has been complicit in covering up child sex trafficking for a long time the national center for missing and exploited children was set up in the fbi building through senator bird he had an actual office in the fbi building to set that up as a catch net operation for the children who were trafficked and the fbi came in and just made sure that um, Lieutenant Colonel Michael Aquino could just yep. stay free in spite of how many crimes he was caught up in, just like they cover up for the Clintons, you know, and and the rest of these perpetrators. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Is that better that y'all hear all of it? All of it? Yeah. Very good. Uh, Thank we you. had, uh, when we had Kathy on our show, she told us the same thing. She was telling us about uh, Senator Byrd and the whole thing with neck mac oh, and okay, how it started yeah it's very uh, she's amazing i want to actually Megan, what, sorry, we should ahead. we should i think it would be very interesting to have her on here at some point yes, talking about that would be good. yeah i i couldn't mm -hmm. agree more i love yeah. kathy um mm -hmm. we pray for kathy there's a lot mm -hmm. of infiltration and handlers that go along in this and uh we pray for kathy i will say that but Nonetheless, her information fundamentally is is very genuine, um, and she's been very vocal about that, as well as, again, Ted Gunderson. We don't have his clip tonight, but if you literally go on YouTube and put in Ted Gunderson and NCMEC, it will come up about him discussing exactly the same, saying that they are a catch net, you know, for the child child trafficking going on domestically and that is what we've seen and and uh are questioning to date right gina so exactly exactly i'm gonna share the interview we did with kathy o'brien uh let me hang on it's gonna okay yeah i'm gonna i'll put this in the link over on rumble if you guys want to check that out yeah thank you gina mm -hmm. good job when was that gina Oh, uh, let's see. Probably five months ago. Oh, okay. Roughly. 
That was after yeah. we after yeah. the Mary that was after the Mary Flynn interview, correct? Yes, yes, way after that. Yeah, they're yep. they're up together. Mary Flynn and General Flynn are very much surrounding Kathy O'Brien at this time. I will just say slow. Oh, that's kind of weird. Telling. Yeah. Just putting I don't it out even... there. I just, uh, I just factually speak. We're just talking. That you can. We'll talk start. about that later, Megan. Yep. All right, guys. Well, what do you say we wrap it up? Great show. Lots of information tonight. Um, I think I think the information we gave out tonight was very succinct. It was it it was in compartments, but it was very succinct when we were there. And I I like doing that because it's like you said earlier, Megan. It's bite sized chunks that you can kind of chew on for a little bit and go, okay, yeah, I could see how that. Could yes possibly fit the puzzle so you know no one has to grab onto everything if so we all have different veins and facets of life if something resonates more or you say oh i grew up in a military family or oh i grew up in virginia as well or oh did or something resonates with you and you want to dig into it you know we always encourage again for you all to participate we want viewers to participate and this is about the public this is about the national public and and the uh you know what what do they say when you can't have it behind a jury but the um public interest basic what what is it the uh you know jury court of public opinion court Court of public opinion opinion. thank you very much Mm -hmm. exactly court of public opinion that's the realm that we're in because as john walsh says from uh you know you know, inspector, whatever he's called, Ray of the FBI, that we are just in this lawless society. So we want to utilize that, right? Because that's what the authorities are telling us. So we want to utilize the lawless society and we want to hear from you is what that means. So you lawless society out there of stranger danger criminals, let us know your thoughts. Talk about showing your hand. He, the, the the director of the FBI inquired of me to, to start this up again and help. Like, begged me to come, begged me to come out, please. Like, that's all. I, that's all I needed to know. <laughs> Gosh. Oh, so mental, vital, y'all, vital. Because mm-hmm. he's been so yeah. successful. As, as as John Walsh says, we need you guys. We need you. We need we need all of you. Well, he's not going to stop till every dirt bag's off the street. Scum. I don't. I don't know what I like better, dirt and bag or scumbag. Dirt. I'm not sure. Well, I will say that I looked up scumbag eventually in my life at one point, and it, it's. I'm oh, and yeah. I am a woman of Christ, so I don't really talk a lot. I try. I'm. I'm not infallible. I'm a filthy sinner like we all are, but. <laughs> I, I try to refrain from vulgar terms of that nature. When I f- looked it up and realized that my father has now groomed the public, including children, to say the word scumbag, which is actually a cum rag. Oh, oh God. Are you serious? That's I the definition. That. I'm oh repeating it. So I help you, God. Forgive me, Lord. Wow. Forgive me, Lord. It is a rag with male ejaculation on it Hmm. so that's (laughs) what we're all now talking about uh thanks to john walsh with his uh, yeah 
Some, Anyways, guys, so, I'm just some, living sometimes, in it. Sometimes there's things I just didn't need to know. I think we're ending on a high note. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, have so, I was going to say something. When cocaine's involved, when cocaine's involved, it's a wrap. I was I was going to say something, but I'll hold back. <laughs> I, I overtook it so that you bit your tongue. No. Yeah, I did. Okay. I will. <laughs> oh, it just kind of, it's like a, I'm glad that she did say that because that just goes to show you what he really is. Yeah, I never I knew what that was. He apparently well, maybe he, I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt. Maybe he didn't either and other people say it, so he just threw it around. But if you're in TV and you're, in the public eye and you're as famous as John Walsh is someone should have told them, uh, Hey, you know, that's probably not and the I best choice be, of words. And I used to be in hotels and I used to have yes. hookers all the time. Yes. And yes. then I'm on the cover of globe magazine with my mistress where I'm topless and she's holding a massage tool, like Epstein <laughs> style. I mean, mm -hmm. I'll, we'll stop there. We'll just stop. We'll just, oh, maybe you know that's why on the globe magazine. Yeah. Maybe that's you why. Know what, was on the globe magazine? Huh? No, on the Globe magazine. Who else, Lindsay? Oh, um, Adam. Yeah. He was? Adam was on yeah. the Globe? Yeah, well, of course, yeah. Probably. Had the picture. Yeah, before. You know, your dad, your dad said dirtbag in that, so maybe he did change. Maybe someone <laughs> told they're him. Changing. They're, yeah, they're really changing. They're really changing. They care. Evolving. America's Most Wanted is all about the families now, and they care, and they're changing, you know? Yes, they're evolving, as as they say nowadays. I'm glad kidnapping my four children and selling my newborn uh, helped them to realize that. I'm glad we could all be moving into positive spaces at the expense of children. Hmm, gosh. Sick bastards. All right. Guys, no, thank you so much real. for joining us. It is real. <laughs> Guys, thank you so much for joining us tonight. Rumble, good crowd on Rumble tonight. We appreciate you. Uh, over on Foxhole, always appreciate you guys there, too. Thank you so much. Uh, we will be back next. There's no holidays or anything next week, right? <laughs> next Saturday. We're back. Think, We're so. back, We're guys. Back. Yeah, There's so. no more breaks. Okay. There's no more holidays. I'm recovering from the trauma of selling a baby in front of me. And, you mm -hmm. know, we're, we're in, in all of it. I actually have no more recourse unless we have uh, mad support and donations. I will. Oh, so ugly. I will say that. Um, so I guess that that's a good segue. Uh, if you do want to donate. Gosh, it's so stupid. Um, if you do want to donate at all, because we do need that. And we are uh, retaliated against daily. I don't even know how to say this these days. Right, guys? Um, but we do have cash app. It's all down in the bottom. You can see at the bottom of the display. That's all I'll say about that. I hate when other people have to bring it up or even when I do, but PayPal's there. Cash app's well, there. Yeah. What? What about the website? The website, we have that donate button ready. Right. right? That's separate though. I want to be very diligent about this. I, I don't want to okay. be convoluted. I don't want to start bringing that in. This is re and I love you, but this is re okay. So if you want to donate to my efforts and my work daily for the American people as a survivor, I don't think that people are really realizing that 
we're donating to NGOs, then through the Patriot movement, now we're donating to influencers, and none of that actually helps survivors and victims and the people and advocates that are in the trenches, the real people every day in the trenches that are experiencing uh, domestic terrorism are being gang stalked or being retaliated threats to their lives. Um, and I'm speaking from my own experiences daily. So um, right now I'm working towards rent. I, I'm full transparency. I don't have, you know, I'm not bigger than anything else. We all have things that we have to do. We're all struggling. Um, if prayers are invaluable. Please, you know, everyone, I'm so grateful every day on my social media that I get to see people praying for me and that express that and say amazing things and really are, are praying for me and my children. And that is first and foremost, because this is bigger than us, as we know, this is good versus evil. Uh, and we know all of that, but also, you know, the fact that survivors like myself and I speak for countless that cannot speak for themselves of survivors, uh, we are defamed. We uh, cannot get work. We, uh, you know, all the variables, I won't go into it because we're trying to end, but uh, it is very vital. You know, if, if people want to donate to big organizations or they want to donate to conglomerates, um, but really supporting those that are coming out and telling you the truth uh, at this point is the most vital. And then anything that comes out of them in terms of efforts, we need to be supporting. That's a local, a smaller level, like we talked about versus federal. So that that's where that needs to be understood. So if you really are a genuine person that wants to donate your hard earned money towards a good cause or someone that's doing good work, then I do encourage you not only to donate to me, obviously, but donate to local efforts. Look within your community, guys. Like I always wanna empower you. I wanna give you stuff that will apply where you can actually do an effort, not just telling you we've got these national cases and you can do something about it. No, you need to focus on your community. So if you find a national advocate or a survivor like myself, that you can donate to even a dollar is a big deal guys like a dollar is a big deal five dollars is even bigger um and but also it's about finding that local effort and supporting that meaning through your donations and through you showing up and and you praying whatever variable that you can uh, you know, can take on with where we all are at today. And that's fair. That that's, that's what we need to be talking about. You guys, we need to be coming together in this way. Um, and, and not just giving federal government these donations that already our taxes are going to that are doing us wrong. So, you know, if you find, please find a national advocate or a national survivor that you can support monthly and also find an organization that you can support in whatever way that you are capable of supporting them. I, th mm -hmm. I think that's very fair. I, I think that's loving. I think that's fair. And I think that's where we need to move. I'm, I'm trying to encourage and motivate people, you know, through these hardships. It's like, I always say, it's like giving birth. It's an act of love. It's painful. It's hard. 
you know, you hear the mom say, I can't do this when you know the baby's coming. So we need to bite the bullet, American public. We need to look at these hard things, just like labor pains. I wrote a tweet about it, to, you know, today, I think earlier, um, that we need to experience these labor pains. We need to breathe through them and navigate them so that we can get to that beautiful gift at the end, which is resolve. And that constitutes and involves healing. You know, we're, we need to move into these spaces. And I'm only going to keep promoting that more and more. We're not fighting a system. We are standing against a system or something that is wrong against us, that is hurting us, mm -hmm. and is not aligning to what it is saying that it is, right? And in America, that's what we stand for, is it not? Especially over still? Well, and yeah. like, I want to say, I would have to, like, um, you know, when you, you know, give a blessing to someone else, you're in the end going to be blessed as well because you are going to see that blessing happen mm -hmm. and you contribute right. to that blessing. Mm -hmm. So not only is that other person getting blessed, but the person that made that blessing happen is going to be blessed as well in the end. Absolutely. Lindsay, thank you so much, because I think that if we can start practicing that concept more and more in other applications besides just prayer or donations, I think we will achieve a lot. I think we'll evolve a lot. I think we'll be able to come together. I think we'll have better discernment as a humanity and a society and be able to be empowered through calling, you know, what is not aligned out versus supporting what is aligned. And I think that that's a practice that we need to start partaking in um, and finding people. This is not just about, please give me a donation tonight for my rent. This is about identifying who, who you believe in, who is local to you or who resonates, you know, that's on a national, that happens to be on a national platform. There's many survivors and victims besides myself and actually choosing that to support versus some entity organization that you don't really know what's even going on. You have no say in that. You know, this is a beautiful place for us to be in where so many people are coming together. So many people are passionate about the different areas, not just child trafficking, not any, not just that at all but different areas of life that people have found that really resonate with them or that they've had experience or that was their career and they were shown, you know, very different truths about that. And it's about finding what resonates with you as a community and choosing who you're gonna support on a bigger platform as well as on your local where you are platform, you know, or, or, or community that it's what we have to do. That's the biggest thing is about support to each other. We all have hardships and what CPS in itself and all of this does is really makes us criticize our neighbor, which is ungodly. It goes back yeah, to love your neighbor, God. love yes. your neighbors. You love yourself. That's it's yeah. that simple. It really yeah. is. And the more love and care that we have, the better off we all would be. We will. And even down to CPS stuff, you know, people have hardships. My parents went through alcoholism and globe covers and blah, blah, blah. And all. We were never taken, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, and, you know, we all go through somebody that's an alcoholic in the family or somebody that's cheated or somebody that, you know, even is a pedophile that is in our families. We have to acknowledge that. And how do we handle that 
you know, not just handing our power over Mm -hmm. and, you know, how do we navigate that? How do we forgive that? How do we heal that? How do we ostracize that if that's necessary? You know, I mean, there's, there's so many variables, but these are the things that we need to be focusing on and having discussions about and talking about as uh, as as a as the the community and the society within the United States of America, if we want to say we're the land of the free, but we also believe in justice and the law, we need to be, you know, truly doing that with integrity. Well, and then country that believes that. So if we're the only country that believes that, then you know, there is no other country. Well, I'm not a a supremacist, a country supremacist. I live in, I've been an expat. I've lived in other countries, all of that. But I think it's time for everyone globally to just be humble. And that's where we get to whether you believe in Christ or not, but we get to the attributes, like I said earlier, of Christ, which is forgiveness and empathy, uh, you know, lack of no judgment, no shaming, uh, loving thy neighbor as thyself. And I think that's a universal fundamental to how we should operate, uh, not whether it's Christian aligned or Jesus aligned or even any of that. If you're even a non-believer, it's just the fundamentals of human character and, and how we need to be interacting with each other. Amen. All right, guys. Thank you so much for joining us. Join us next week. Same time, same place. Uh, we will be delving into something next week. I'm sure we'll discuss this week and figure it out. It's going to be good. Uh, I think tonight was really good. I was really happy with the way tonight went, ladies. Thank you so much. Everybody, have a great night. Yeah, I am we, back tomorrow we're night. We're to give a break from all the documents, like we keep saying. Yeah, the past yeah. couple weeks we've said it, but we're yeah. trying to give a break to the documents and you know moving forward. Sorry, Gino, I know you're ending, mm-hmm. but I just want to also give a precursor you know, we, we are moving more towards that formation of the National Center and, and the um, consequential starting of America's Most Wanted, which we covered very well tonight, and, and moving forward to revisiting more of the records and documents about Adam's case, but in correlation to how that's affected the American people. This isn't just about me and my children or my family or this case. It's really about... A, a case that went national and was put on a national platform that has really affected, um, you know, what has happened thereafter for the last 40 plus years. So I just want to remind people of that. And I want to thank everyone for your open minds, for your time, for your heart and your discernment. And uh, I want to thank my co-hosts very much, Gino and Lindsay. They, they work very, very, very hard every day um lindsay always has to and gino have to put up with my trauma and all the different things that the angst and uh and the roller coaster that this is so i want to thank our viewers and i want to thank my co-host very very much uh for all the hard work that has gone into this and, and will continue so thank you for the kind words and i wouldn't change a thing megan so i love you both her. Thank you guys. So tomorrow night, tomorrow night, the blender returns uh, yeah. 10 p.m. Yes, dad jokes will be there. I, got a I was going to say, don't miss the blender. 
Hang on, hang on. I'm gonna, I'm gonna give, I'm gonna give one dad joke right now. What? Did, okay. Yes. Why? Why did the prospector go? Why did the non non-binary prospector go west? There's what's golden. A non, what's a non-binary prospector? Okay. Is this okay. like a woke? Like terminal. What is the non-binary? Yes. Non I don't know what that is. Non-binary is when someone doesn't know if they're male or female, right? right. So well, it's what's this a is and then prospectors they used to like look for gold in like the fort you know, like in the hills and stuff like that. So okay. what did the non-binary prospector why did the non-binary prospector head west? To find gold in them their hills. <laughs> I was gonna say something Sorry, about finding gold there, you little them, thing. Them, them there. Them there, them there hills. <laughs> Lindsay, <laughs> that's where Lindsay That's why they're dad jokes. Them there hills. Yeah. Them there hills. Them, them there. That's their pronouns. Yeah, yeah. it's, it's definitely dad jokes for serious. <laughs> do you ever use the dad tax? The which ones? The Either dad Lindsay? tax. Is that the um okay, so there's yeah, you're talking about can a, you hear me? Yeah, on TikTok. Dad tax. Yeah, because I'm I don't know what that is, but I'm, I I steal a lot of them from there. There's some guys on TikTok that are amazing. Oh my gosh, they crack me up. So I probably get like ninety percent of my jokes from them. <laughs> They're so good. They're so good. It's Lindsay, it became it was this, the link. Yeah, send me the link, I'll suck it up. Can you hear me now? Yes, yeah. we can hear you the whole time. I don't, it must be cutting out on your end again. Uh, I don't add tax. The dad T A X, you know? Okay. Yeah. yeah it's, send me that so I can use it. You have to send it to Gina. Yeah. Yeah. Text it to me. So like, so like you're oh, you're doing something for your kid or or some for someone that and you could be like, oh well, I'm I, I'm gonna have a bite because it's the dad. Text. Oh, okay. I got. Yeah, yeah. does it to them every time. Well, I get one if I open it because it's the dad tax. <laughs> oh my god, that's <laughs> hilarious. That's awesome. Yeah, does like it every that. time. So that might. You're like, no. You might have to apologize to Gino's wife later. Yeah, right. <laughs> exactly. Oh, that's we funny. love you. We love you too. Oh, no. All right. Well, guys, viewers, thanks for hanging on to the banter at the end there. <laughs> yeah. um, and we will see you next Saturday night. Thank you all for joining. It's a, it's a late night show and we appreciate you. And please share this out. Please share the link if you are on social media. Uh, and please share the information. Uh, find a way gracefully uh, with truth and not crazy vigilantism but grounded grace and truth about how we yeah. uh, you know what is going on about our children and how we can actually uh make those changes to uh protect not only the children but their families children you know what our their biological families go ahead Megan, you know what our new slogan's going to be you know the no jacket required thing? It's going to be no leather jacket required here. The leather. Oh, my can... God. I think we just did it. I think we no just did it. No leather jacket required. Can we do like a, like, what were those mock t-shirts? Remember the t-shirts that have like the printed tuxes on yeah. them? Yeah. Like, Make a leather Lindsay, one. 
Lindsay doing he's like a collarless, like just the zipper, like lapel cutout, you know? Oh, yeah. yeah, printed on a yes. t-shirt, like a dad t-shirt kind of. Be perfect. You know? like, you know. Also, real quick, you guys can if you don't have time to watch videos and all that stuff, and you want to listen to bits and pieces, we are on all the podcast platforms. Uh, I always mix them up: Spotify, uh, Apple. We're on um, iHeart and Pandora, so you can yeah. check us out there too. Those are uploaded. Okay, I usually yeah, upload them within twenty-four. Yeah. 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 All right. Sure. Have a great night, everybody. Take care. God bless. Hopefully, see you tomorrow night at the Blender. Have a good night. Bye.